Hey, party animals. This is the Four String Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Brady, with my co-host, Mitch Ann Skyler. Gentlemen, week three of the NFL season is in the books. And while Miles Garrett did have an accident, it wasn't trying to get Mason Rudolph's helmet back on him. Um, Lots of storylines across the NFL world. Green Bay uh, outlasts Tampa Bay. The Raiders are the only 0-3 football team. The Colts pull off a big win against the Chiefs. Um, and uh, several other big storylines. I mean, Mac Jones gets hurt. Chances are he's going to be out for an extended period of time. Um, Eagles dominate the Commanders. Panthers pick up their first win of the season. Jaguars have won back-to-back games by 20, play, uh, by 20 points or more for the first time since, I think, 2002, if I saw that correctly. Um, so lots of big things in the NFL world to talk about there. Um, we'll start with kind of our noon slots of games uh, from last week and the Thursday night game. Uh, Browns beat uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers 29 to 17. You get the Bears who pull off a win against the Houston Texans. Uh, Tennessee pit gets their first win of the season. The Colts win. The Dolphins beat the uh, Buffalo Bills despite a uh, butt punt safety um, due to just the Bills running out of time there. Vikings come from behind against the Lions. Ravens dominate the Patriots. Bengals dominate the Jets. Um, and then uh, Eagles beat the Commanders. So looking at those noon slots of games, boys, um, anything that stands out to you uh, about uh, some of those earlier games? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, the Eagles look really tough to beat. I mean, getting nine sacks against Carson Wentz is pretty impressive, um, especially with some of those like D uh, starting D linemen like out for them. Um, so they just keep looking better and better and the, they're looking like the kind of the top team in the NFC right now. Um, and then I think the Bills Dolphins game, I mean, that was, I totally get why the OC kind of flipped out in the booth uh, like he did like that. I mean, uh, me and Brady had, were watching it live and like talked about it, how it's kind of stupid that uh the Bills' chance to try to win the game is uh, not allowed because the ref uh, can't get and spot the ball fast enough. Uh, It's really kind of stupid, and it's really cost them. Um, So it's really unfortunate. That's how their undefeated season so far had the end on the ref's uh, speed to get to the ball in time. Um, So my heart goes out to the Bills fan having to endure that because that would just kill me if that happened to us against Tampa Bay this week. Um, And yeah, like, let's just let's (laughs) let's just talk about that for a second, because like now, obviously, last year, the Bills losing the playoff game to the Chiefs and then the NFL makes a rule change. Right. For how we handle overtime. But it makes zero sense to me that if the rule is that the ref has to touch the ball that the clock still runs. It, it makes it makes absolutely no sense. Either change the rule so that the ref doesn't have to touch the ball or change the rule so that when the ball is in the ref's hand and they're spotting it, that the clock is stopped and then it's re-ran afterwards. Because he the, uh, the Bills wide receiver, I think it was Gabriel Davis, who caught the last pass, ended up being the last pass of the game, caught it and was down with nine seconds left um the bills ran up they had they they were in their spot with about three seconds left enough time to clock it and either try to get a field goal or throw a hail mary but the ref couldn't get there fast enough so so it 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 just makes zero sense to me that in a in a in a league that is willing to change its rules that you have this glaring 
kind of fuck up of a rule that exists here when you've gone back and forth on uh, whether or not coaches can challenge penalties. You change the rule on pass interference every single fucking year. You change overtime rules. You change what is a catch? Rules. You change what is a catch? You change. Uh, you know, you clarify rules like the tuck rule. You clarify uh, all of these other things. You hire professional full-time referees and then you don't keep them around. And then you have like, I, so it makes no sense to me that like, obviously as fans, we'll sit there and, and all the time we'll say, Oh, well, the refs cost us that game, but this is truly a moment where the refs cost the bills. I'm not going to say the game because they still had to make one more play, but there, there's just no reason that that rule should be in place that, the, the referee has to touch the ball. And it's not like this is the first time this has happened. We remember the Dallas-San Francisco playoff game last year where that same rule came into effect. Like, I, I don't know what your guys' opinion on it is, but to me, it's it's bullshit. Yeah, I mean, we saw it last year with the whole the Cowboys. Uh, you know, they tried to spot the ball and they didn't, unfortunately, let the ref touch it and then their chance was gone. So it's not like it's a one-off circumstance. It's definitely something we've seen before happen in costume games. I, I, I'm always hesitant um, on, and it might just be because in one weird way, I'm a conservative when it comes to rule changing. Um, <laughs> nothing else in my life. Um, like with the with the catch, it made sense because we saw teams like you know Dallas, uh, Pittsburgh, um, uh, many uh, 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 Detroit, uh, many teams get screwed uh, because of the catch rule. Um, many games should have been won by a team because the guy made a catch. He maintained it, uh, like maintained it while reaching the ground and then got up, and it, it just wasn't a catch. Um, and like that made sense. The overtime rule makes sense somewhat to me. Um, but like I think of like for me, a, a football game is like I, I do understand, and I mean they, this is like the third iteration of overtime rules that I've seen in my lifetime. At first, it used to be the first team to just score in overtime one, and then it was the first team to score a touchdown one. Um, if you like you both had the opportunity to trade field goals if you could. Uh, but if you couldn't, then like you first you score a touchdown, and now it's what the rule is now. Um, it's like there is there's sixty minutes in a football game. Like there are multiple different times in order for you to win a game um, that you need to take into consideration. Um, and so, do I think Buffalo? Do I think? Buffalo loses just because the like I I don't think like like Buffalo didn't just lose to Kansas City in the playoff game because um they they got the coin flip second they lost because their defense couldn't stop Kansas City were shit the entire game and they couldn't run the ball and so they couldn't uh, maintain clock position and so that all factored into the fact that they could they didn't win the game um this is against Miami like. It, it, it's it, it was a low scoring game and again you your defense couldn't stop them when they needed to and and like even with a blocked punt and and them giving you every opportunity um i i, I would say coming out of the buffalo miami game the more concerning thing is how did the hell did Tua a tongue of get back on that field 
like that's no, what that's, I'm, and that's and that's, that's another what I'm more, thing that has that's to what I'm more about. concerned about is how the fuck is he back on that field? That is something where it's like I'm talking about player safety. I again, I I I want to see more of how this rule is impacting. It makes sense to me that the ref needs to touch the ball, whether or not that the the whether or not that the clock needs to stop between it. I think it's something that's worth exploring. Um, but just because a team that's really popular is complaining about a rule doesn't mean that the rule should change because I, I go back to the fact that the LA Lakers lost to the Pistons um, in the early 2000s. And then the NBA changed some of the rules because they didn't want low scoring finals games. Like, sure. And that's, yeah. And, and, and yeah. That's, so it's and that's, like, and that's understandable, but if this like in, it makes sense that in separate things the clock runs under two minutes right continuously yeah and that the referee has to touch the ball right to spot the ball those two separate things make sense but the issue is when you put it together right it's like fucking cinnamon and spoiled milk it like doesn't it it doesn't make sense if you try that combination together like so it's just and it's as simple as from the time the ref touches the football to spot it to the time that the ball is down, the clock is stopped or there's a five second freeze on the clock or something like that. And I understand that it probably will end up making games longer because the referee will have to sit there and be like, okay, we need to bump the clock to 12 seconds and then it'll run on my go or whatever. But this truly came down to that, that the ball was spotted at the 41 yard line of Miami. It's a 58 yard field goal, something that is Tyler Bass's career long kicks that field goal they win the game now he missed a field goal earlier in the game that if he makes that buffalo would have won so there's no doubt about that but at the end of the day a 21 to 19 a two point a one point a three point football game is exactly the way the league is supposed to be played because anybody will tell you that the difference between the best football team in the league and the worst football team in the league really isn't that much and we've seen how many times that on any given sunday anybody can win six seeds winning super bowls Right, so on and so forth. There, so it's just when rules are are glaringly poor, I, I think that they need to be uh, reviewed. But um, I'll also talk about the Tua Tonga by Loa thing. But Mitch, we kind of paused you when you were talking about your noon slots there. Um, any other games from the noon slots that you want to talk? No, about? I'm, I mean the only one that really sticks out to my mind in the noon slot is uh, I did not have the Jaguars blowing out the Chargers on my bingo card, so. No, no, he didn't. Definitely not. That was a huge win by Jacksonville. Um, yes. Um, I, I honestly, Brady sent me a Twitter or not Twitter, a uh, TikTok, a tweet, a Twitter. A t- he sent me a Twitter. He sent me a TikTok. Um, of uh, 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 Urban Meyer uh, gone and Trevor Lawrence realizes he's good at football. Yeah. Um, which is pretty fucking funny. Um. I, I mean, honestly, again, it kind of goes, I, I think, I think it shows two different things. I don't think Peterson was the problem in Philadelphia. Um, and I definitely don't think that, I think all of us were right last season when we're like, this Jacksonville roster is actually really good and somebody could do some really cool things with it. Mm-hmm. Um and then Peterson comes in and improves those things. Right again, it's three weeks into the season, but beating a Chargers team that at least me and Mitch were high on, or me and Brady were high on. No, I was I can't. not high on the Chargers. Okay, me. I just remember I wasn't there for that episode. Um, like beating a Chargers team, competing with a Washington team. Uh, who did they beat week? 
two. That was yeah, uh, I had Indianapolis. Indianapolis. They, they beat Indianapolis. Beat the shit out of Indianapolis. Uh, their defense is playing well. Trayvon Walker is doing surprisingly well um, as a defensive player. Um, they seem organized. They seem structured. They seem disciplined. Um, they seem to know what they're doing, um, which is new for Jacksonville. No matter who the head coach is. Um, and uh, I'm interested to see where it goes. They have a tough game this week, though, and that'll be interesting. Um, but no, Jacksonville's doing great. Well, let's talk about something very quickly because we've now seen two of two, two very good young quarterbacks who've had very good starts this season, and Tua Tonga-Vailoa and Justin Herbert both deal with pretty severe injuries, right? Justin Herbert's got broken ribs. Uh, Tua Tonga-Vailoa has at least Miami will say that he's got a back injury, but there's no way in hell he doesn't have a concussion, right? And yet both of those guys were allowed to play. So so let me ask the boys here, right? We're all franchises of teams that have their respective franchise quarterbacks. Now you even add on the layer of the fact that Mac Jones just got hurt with New England. And, and as Packer fans, me and Mitch have watched two separate Packer seasons get completely wasted because of broken collarbones by Aaron Rodgers and a knee injury as well. So we're three weeks into the season. Do you not play, like, do you rest Justin Herbert and Tua Tonga-Vailoa? Like, I understand you want to win every given Sunday, but if these are your franchise guys, these are the guys that you have faith in, right, to be your future, What's the use of playing a dude with broken ribs or a dude who's clearly got a concussion um, in a week three showdown uh, that ultimately you're going to have 14 other football games to go play? Um, I mean, I guess I do understand the logic of that, but I mean, the Chargers as of right now are one and two. And if they were to let Justin Herbert rest and, uh, get back to 100%. It's probably going to take some time. And um, I don't even know who the backup in the, the for the Chargers is. Let me look it up. I got you. It's uh, it's uh, uh, Chase Daniel. Yeah. Is it Chase Daniel? Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many games that Chase Daniel is going to win you to get to where your expectations are for the Chargers, which is a deep playoff run. Um, and we've talked about how loaded the AFC is becoming year in and year out. Um, so to lose an advantage in talent like Justin Herbert, uh, with the team that I'm convinced is cursed, um, is uh, I've been saying it for years, yeah, it's 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 a real blow to you. Um, um, but with the whole two thing, I'm kind of with Skylar, I don't understand how he's able to go, especially after watching the video. Um, that yeah they're i'm glad they're investigating that because it needs investigation yeah no for herbert i get like if herbert believes that he can play and um the chargers <laughs> again i have to i have to watch what i say because of the whole yeah because situation. listen yeah. this yeah. is but, but like, like we've well, seen well, how many nfl players deal with injuries say that they can go in and play, and then you get guys like Junior Seau or the old Kansas City linebacker who no, end up I, shooting themselves or shooting their family no, because I, of no, the injuries I, no, that I, they end up suffering. I, com- I completely agree. I completely agree. But I also think that there's a difference when we're talking about ribs and we're talking about head injuries. 
Sure, comes, there's a difference what, no, in the no, injury, okay. but I don't think Brady. that there's a difference in yes. no, no, the way is the diff- NFL team is handling no. those injuries. To a degree, but what I'm also saying is when you're looking at a rib, when you're looking at ribs, and again, the well, we're talking about I'm looking from this past this this past because again, I'm I'm gonna be Justin Herbert isn't on the defensive side of the ball that lets up 38 points to the fucking Jacksonville Jaguars. Sure, absolutely. Okay. He didn't play a great game. This isn't the first time he struggled in his in his NFL career. It is the first time he struggled against a team that we all agreed was inferior. But it's not the first. But Jacksonville is also exceeding all of our expectations. When it comes to a rib injury, everything that we had seen was that he was he did not practice uh, the Friday before the game. He did not practice the Saturday before the game. He was taking it easy, and he came in and played for the game. He wasn't in contact drills. He wasn't doing any of those kinds of things. All of the reports we were seeing outside of camp from independent reporters, nobody connected to the team, was that he was throwing well, that he did not seem bothered, but that he was taking it easy. So those are the kinds of things where we're like, okay, that makes sense. The Tua situation is completely fucking different because it is a head injury. And specifically with the NFL trying to uh, pat themselves on the fucking back for having players wear those helmet caps uh, that uh, – uh, reduced concussions uh, by half, I think is what the statistic yeah, said. Yeah, 50% fewer concussions 50%, in training yeah, 50% camp and preseason. Yeah, 50% in training camp and preseason because they were wearing those fucking caps inside, on, on the outside of their helmet. But then you have someone like Tua go back into the game after we all agree he should not have been in that game, whether or not he was concussed. Mm-hmm. Like, well, let's be complete. If he wasn't concussed, like even if he wasn't concussed, just out of sheer fucking caution, I wouldn't have put him back in that game. And... Because, because again, even like that, that is part of it. It's like you don't want him, like, like there's you can't clear concussion protocol like that. There's no if you can, you need to reevaluate your concussion protocol. And I want to make I want to make that very fucking clear. Is that is that when someone it takes a head injury like that, I am not I I am not looking at them and going, can you play? I'm looking at him and I'm looking at the doctor and going, can he play? That is a completely different kind of thing. When I'm looking at Justin Herbert, and again, we have seen that there. are specifically with the chargers we've seen that there have been rib injuries that have gone wrong and more of that was the fact that a doctor didn't know where a fucking rib was and so that that's what we're talking about and so i i'm looking at those kinds of things we're seeing everything from the chargers who have beside like that doctor's no longer on the team they have a history of not of they don't have the same kind of history of taking advantage of players and trying to bend the rules like um, Miami or New England does, or mm. they, like a Miami or a New England does. I'll disagree and so, with you on that. I, at least to my knowledge, like to my knowledge, to to the to the nth degree of the fact that I'm looking at Miami right now, whose fucking owner can't participate mm-hmm. in league because of him willing to tamper to get the quarterback that he wants Mm -hmm. but for him for him doing those kinds of things and then i'm I'm finding out that the quarterback that he wanted was able to clear uh concussion protocol faster than any other player i've ever seen clear concussion protocol those are the kinds of things like i'm like I'm, i'm i'm going to agree with you on the fact that the nfl has a history of not taking the the health and safety of players into consideration um, and allowing teams to get away with uh, a fucking murder, honestly, um, when it comes to those kinds of things. But I have seen a considered, uh, like a a, a a consistent effort by the NFL to try to fix those kinds of things because they understand if they don't try to fix those things, they don't have a league. 
And so what we're what we're talking about is that they're developing those those uh, helmet caps in order to help uh, help with concussions in in preseason and in um and uh, 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 training camps that they're uh, creating different kinds of rules in order to to uh, make the game still competitive but um, keep the uh, health and safety of the players to consideration that they're actually opening up an up an investigation into Miami for what happened mm-hmm. um, for those kinds of things those are things my that the NFL wouldn't even do five years ago and they are doing it now and those are kinds of things that that need to continue to happen and again, like when it comes to when it comes to any praise for the NFL, I am I am more than cautious with it because we've seen time and time again that every time we get them a little bit of praise that they go like four steps back. And so I'm going to see what the investigation from my what that investigation of Miami, what that does and what that comes forth. And I've already said my piece on NFL investigations in general, uh, how I don't like them, um, how the rulings are stupid um, and things like that. Um but with that, I, I rest my case because I feel like I'm talking a lot now. No, I mean, here's like, this is, I don't think that what I'm going to say here is a shocking opinion. Every single NFL team is guilty of playing guys who should not be playing football, right? Every single NFL team has at some point taken a player who's hurt, uh, whether that's a head injury, a back injury, a knee injury, an ankle injury, whatever and put them back into the game because the player says that they're okay, right? That's not how this fucking league should work, in my opinion. You, I don't love team doctors in general. I like that the NFL got away from that with, with separate concussion doctors who are unaffiliated with organizations who take a look at that. I like that the NFL has said referees can pull a guy from a game and say, hey, there's a chance he's got a concussion. I want him checked out right now, right? But I can recount several stories of guys from Phillip Rivers playing on a torn ACL in a, in a playoff game, which, okay, quarterback doesn't necessarily need a tor- an ACL. I understand it, right? But then you get reports of LaDainian Tomlinson, Antonio Gates, Manti Teo, Junior Seau, all saying that they had at various times season-ending injuries in which they told the team that they're okay and they go back into play a football game. And unfortunately, with a guy like Junior Seau, it, it, it in large part contributed to the reason that he's not with us today. Okay. But what my overall point is that I'm going to make here is it's week three of the season. You have 14 other football games to play. If you're the chargers, you're coming off of a Thursday night game. So you've already had a little bit of a longer week for Justin Herbert to get right. Okay. For as much emphasis as we put on the brain, you know what's just as deadly? A punctured lung. And you know what's going to kill you a lot quicker? A punctured lung. Okay? So Justin Herbert says he's okay, and, I, and, I, and I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, right? But the, the reports from the team facilities, from independent medical doctors watching the film and his reaction, from everything says he's got multiple broken ribs. Fuck, guys, I saw it when it happened, and I went, he's got multiple broken ribs. And I'm not medically trained in anything besides watching Grey's Anatomy, Okay? I don't understand you playing a guy week three. Like, sit him for a week. If you're one and two, realistically, what's the difference between one and two and two and one? There's there's not a realistic difference. We've seen plenty of two and one football teams not make the playoffs, and we've seen plenty of one and two football teams make the playoffs, right? Give him the week to just get right. 
give him the week so that his ribs are better functioning so that, yeah, maybe you lose this game, but maybe you're not going 25 of 45, your offense completely sputtering out um, to a Jacksonville team, even though you only gave up one sack, despite Rashawn Slater uh, tearing his fucking bicep off of his arm, right? Justin Herbert played awful in that football game. And a large part of it was because of his ribs. I, what the NFL and what teams need to understand is that if a guy is hurt, he should not be playing, especially if it's an injury like broken ribs, which can be just as deadly as uh, internal bleeding. Well, it'll cause internal bleeding as mass uh, head trauma, as a Ryan Shazier esque broken spine, because we can all go back and watch a clip where Ryan Shazier breaks his spine. It doesn't look like he hits the guy that hard. It really doesn't look, it's not a massive hit that he, he delivers on a guy. It's not like Vontez Burfecht going against Antonio Brown backslash Juju Smith-Schuster going against Vontez Burfecht, right? It's, it's not like Brian Westbrook is out there delivering a fucking jaw cleaner. It, it was a simple crossing pattern where he just took a wrong angle and ended up breaking his fucking back, right? It's a difficult, dangerous sport, high contact, high velocity, two 300-pound guys slamming into each other. If a dude's playing with broken ribs, if you know he's got broken ribs, if your doctor says he's got broken ribs, and if every fucking couch fan in the league says he's got broken ribs, what use is it playing him week three? I get it if it's week 18, and this is a you've got to win this game to get into the playoffs. Okay, maybe that I can understand. But sometimes NFL teams have to look a player in the eye when he says, I'm good to go, and they have to say, no, you're not. Let's take a week, right? Look at what Green Bay's done with David Bakhtiari, right? Look at what uh, New England is most likely going to end up doing with Mac Jones. There's no way in hell Mac Jones is coming back in three to four weeks, in my opinion. It's not going to happen. They're going to take that extra slow. So if you're going to have the investment in a franchise quarterback and you're going to build a roster around a guy, right? We saw how quickly the Chargers were willing to put uh, Joey Bosa on IR. We've seen how quickly teams move to this stuff. Give him a fucking week off. Like, you want to have this guy in Los Angeles for the next 15 years. Give him a game off if he's got broken ribs. That's my piece with the thing. Um, I, I, one one last thing, because sure. it hasn't been mentioned. I think something that needs to be taken into consideration is also, and because I think all three of us are guilty of it because we've all played sports before too, is the mindset of players in these situations Sure, there's or, a dip, the, the 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 line that the coach always spits out: "Are you hurt or are you injured?" Right. Yeah. And the key difference: if you're hurt, you get up, you walk it off. If you're injured, we'll get somebody for you. Well, right? And true. And and another thing too is I think like in the heat of the moment during a game, stuff like that, when you have adrenaline pumping through you, you don't know how bad that injury is. Sure. Um, and that's something that need like so that's something that needs to take into consideration as well. Um. I completely and totally agree with you. I think honestly, the health of the players is more matters more than, than a win or a loss in, in a situation. Um, but like a lot of these guys are competitors and mm-hmm. unless they physically can't get like, unless they feel like they can't get out there, they're going to try to get out there anyway. I mean, for God's sakes, Braylon Allen just said that he was willing to die on the field. Um Yeah against Ohio State they like these are competitors these are these are athletes they are the most some of the most competitive people on the planet they're not going to do it if they it, they don't. and so that's where I think the only situation is that you give more power to the refs you give more power you you gain more independent doctors within these um like you just assign doctors like you assign refs 
like have do- a, a, a medical staff that is assigned to the to the game and they watch over the players um and, and that's what up. i that's what i agree with 100 percent because i think that an independent doctor would have looked at justin herbert's injury and would have looked at tua tonga by and i think they would have said i don't think that this dude is 100 percent. i think that let's give him the week because in four and why i agree with you skyler the competitor in a lot of these guys is top-notch. You have to be a top-notch competitor to get to the NFL, unless you're like Albert Hainsworth or Jamarcus Russell, right? Um, but at the end of the day, we've seen it play out how many times the competitor in you is going to kill you, okay? True. Or worse, it's going to get somebody else hurt. And That's and true. if the NFL wants to get away from this stuff, they, they they have to take proactive steps here. Because while I agree with an independent investigation of the way the Tua Tonga Vailoa situation was handled, why was there not an independent in- investigation of the way that Torad Taylor's injury was handled, or the way that Justin Herbert's injury has been handled, or Aaron Rodgers saying, "Yeah, I've played games on Percocet before." That's the, the NFL like fundamentally needs to clean this shit up. Because you cannot be putting players out there when the goal of the game is to put yourself at harm, right, in harm's way. You cannot have players out there who are not 100%. It's like taking a fucking, uh, a, a fucking Volkswagen bug that's got a, or a Ford Pinto to a demolition derby. It's going to fucking explode on you. You're going to end up killing somebody. So uh, that's my piece with it. Um, Skyler, noon slot games, anything stood out to you? Oh, I have to remember where the new slot games were. Um, uh, Philly, we Washington. Talked, we, no, I, yeah, I got it. Um, talking about Jacksonville, uh, Carolina, LaVisca Chanel, I mean, had a great first game. He was only targeted twice, like a couple of times, though. So, like, that's something to monitor. I don't I don't know if he's going to continue to be a massive part of the offense. Um, Detroit was this fucking close. Um, uh, so mad about the Detroit game, man. God damn uh, Kansas City. Something's going on there, and I don't know um, what it is. I'm sure it'll get fixed, but I don't know. Um, thank God. Uh, Chicago and Notre Dame won in the same weekend, so it was good in the Stefanski household. Um, like trying to see all of the – Well, uh, I mean, we could talk about the 1-0-3 team left on the season the Las Vegas Raiders losing to Tennessee. And we had, I mean, we had a lengthy discussion on the last episode. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't really think it's kind of, I mean, they were the really the only, oh, like winless team that we didn't talk about, mm-hmm. but it's, I don't, I still don't think, cause it's not like they're losing like fucking horribly. They're playing good teams. Cause what they lost to Tennessee um, Arizona, Arizona, and um, who did um, they lose to last week? Week uh, one was uh, New England. New England. No, 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 I'm sorry. It was the Chargers. I apologize. Yeah. So you're so you lose to to two playoff teams and a, a team that was literally like, and uh, uh, just running the clock out from going to the playoffs. Um. So I don't think it's it's we because we talked about it in our Las Vegas. Uh. Uh, preview. preview that they had a rough schedule uh, to begin the season, and I think that they do. Um, but the concerning thing is that only one zero and three team has made the playoffs in the last at least twenty years, and that was Pittsburgh um, that did it. So uh, I mean, it's still an uphill battle. I, I I'm not hating what I'm seeing out of that team, but 
it's 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 still concerning. I mean, if you're a Vegas fan, it's not how you expected the season to go. You you probably thought you were going to go three and zero, um, or at least two and one, but not zero and three. Um, I I I mean, and then I one CBS needs to get their fucking act together because things were like four minutes behind for me, and I hated it mm-hmm. the entire thing because I could see what the scores were, but it was behind, and I did not like it. Were you streaming it? Yes, we were. Yeah, that's why. That's why. But I haven't had that problem in the past. Streaming it. No, I've always had that problem with streaming. Stream is always behind live. It's always, it's always behind live by anywhere from 30 seconds to like four minutes. Okay, maybe like you're 30 seconds. Like maybe what you'll 30 notice seconds. Is that yeah, it actually like... gets, what you'll notice is that it actually gets worse throughout the game. Like when the game starts, the stream is pretty much on. And by halftime, it's already a little bit off. And by the end of the game, it's significantly but no, off. No, my, my problem was is it was like four. It was like at least four minutes off game time. Then like that, so that that was where I was concerned. It wasn't like four minutes off where like they would score. Like I would I would get the alert that the team scored, and then like two minutes later I'd see the team score. No, like like Kansas City, uh, Indianapolis was already going into the second half, and I think Kansas City or uh Kansas City was about to score. And I was just hitting halftime. Like, that's where I was concerned. I was like, no, I'm like literally like, I had like a third of the game behind right now. Um, so get your act together, you motherfuckers. Um, and then New England actually played better than I thought. I I thought I had thought, I had them winning, but they played better than I thought they were going to. Um, and uh, we're screwed now because Mac Jones is gone. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely tough for New England. Um, starting the season one and two uh with those losses to Miami and Baltimore two teams that you know we talk about a hyper competitive AFC East um and the Patriots run the risk of falling behind now the Patriots had a rough start to last year as well and they ended up making the playoffs but um yeah my points on the noon games uh Khalil Herbert is in David Montgomery is out for Chicago I I I prefer David Montgomery I think he's a very good halfback um, I'm not going to say prefer. I think David Montgomery has always gotten a, a, a raw deal when it comes to Chicago. Um, but Khalil Herbert looks to be a stud. Chicago, though, still can't throw the ball to save their fucking life. Um, and, uh, you know, don't look now, boys, but the Bengals only gave up two sacks against the Jets. So maybe that offensive line is fixed, right? Um, but let's uh, let's head over to our, our later games and then our, our Sunday night, Monday night games. Um, Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers picks up his second win against uh, Tom Brady in a 14 to 12 defensive just fist fight, really, is the only way to describe it. Um, Rams beat the Cardinals 20 to 12. Uh, Falcons beat the Seahawks despite a drone attack. Um, the Broncos. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> the Broncos beat the Niners in what can only be described as the sleepiest football game I've ever watched, 11 to 10. Um, and then the uh, Cowboys. Gentlemen, Cooper Rush is 2-0 this season and 3-0 as a starting quarterback as the Cowboys beat the Giants in a game where none of us expected the Cowboys to win. Uh, so in those kind of later slot games there, uh, Mitch, what stood out to you? I mean, obviously, Green Bay actually beating Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay. Um, you know, Tampa Bay was my underdog for a reason. I was really surprised. Uh, um, I was really happy that the defense realized their – potential and hopefully that's a very confidence building and momentum uh, building game for them where they can continue uh, that level of play throughout the season. Um, 
you know, there are just so many times where Aaron Rodgers did nothing, couldn't even get in the field goal range. And I'm like, okay, here's this is where Tom Brady takes over and he beats us. And the defense, uh, you know, was able to hold them to, you know, very much a last minute touchdown um, throughout the, the game. And came and Devondre Campbell came up with a clutch uh, pass breakup that allowed us to win the game. So, I was very impressed with our defense. Uh, obviously, the offense still needs a lot of work, but I think they're getting the right direction, especially with David Bakhtiari uh, being back and playing up to his standard, I would say, uh, given how many reps that he got. Um, so that's always good. Um, and the Broncos are just a weird team, man. I mean, they are they have a pretty good record in 2-1, and one, but they're to me, they're not a 2-1 and one team. No. Um, there's a, there's a lot uh, for them to clean up, and it's not looking good for the first three games of Nathaniel Hackett, but he's two and one somehow. Um, I think there's a stat that said, uh, you know, the Broncos were playing the Niners in Denver, and the, the Rockies and the Giants were playing in whatever, and it gave the scores. And I think the Giants had the most points out of all these four teams. So that's kind of how bad the game was. But yeah, it's going to be something to monitor. And yeah, I'm really shocked by uh, Cooper Rush and what he was able to do. Um, I mean, he's only played three games, but so far he's showing he's one of the better uh, backup quarterbacks. Uh, able to, <laughs> he's able to run this uh, offense efficiently to the point where Jerry Jones is uh, maybe thinking of getting his uh, white quarterback back. So uh, we'll have to see. So you two are horrible. You, you two know, are fucking horrible. So I saw a hot take, and I'd like to get the resident Patriots fan opinion on it. Yeah. Super Bowl Fifty Three, famously a snooze fest, right? Ten to yeah. three win for New England. However, Cooper Cup didn't play in that football game. So let's ask a question. He didn't play in that football game. He was out. I believe you, because I feel like you would have looked that up before you yes. made that statement. Okay. So let's ask a question. With what we've seen Cooper Cup's Cooper Cup turn into, right, a Super Bowl MVP, if he plays in Super Bowl 53, do the Rams win? No. No, because um, cause two, two, there are two things that I have to say. Um, one, um, Jared Goff is still their quarterback. And uh, – and again, the, the the triple crown winner Super Bowl MVP did not have Jared Goff throwing to him. He had Matthew Stafford throwing to him. And again, none of us expected Cooper Cup to have the impact. Like he was a good player, but he wasn't the kind of player that we saw until Matthew Stafford was the quarterback for Los Angeles. Two, I don't think, I, I honestly do not think that I am making a hot take when I'm saying that New England Patriot defense is better than uh, – that New England Patriot defense was better than Cincinnati's defense last year. Specifically, when you think of the fact that J.C. Jackson and Stephon Gilmore were both on that team. And we can see the kind of impact that those two players have. Um, and so I do not think Cooper Cup – uh, has the kind of numbers in order for that offense to uh, play better is the is the terminology I'm going to go for because Jared Goff still threw an interception in that game, um, and I don't think I don't think Cooper because that's Cooper Cup as of what three seasons ago almost four now. So that um, was 2018 Cooper Cup. 
played, played eight games. Here were his stats. In eight games, 40 catches, 566 yeah. yards, six touchdowns. So he was averaging five catches, 70 yards, and a tu- and almost a touchdown per game. Yeah, and no, then next nice. year, he turns around with Jared Goff as, as his quarterback and wins comeback player of the year. No, that's fi- no completely fair. But again, like what was his stats 2019? 2019, 94 catches, 100 or 1,161 yards, 10 touchdowns. Yeah, like that's because again, even like his rookie season, 62 catches, 869 yards, five touchdowns. Yeah, like I like I'm 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 gonna be honest, like it's not Brady. I'm not no. If Cooper Cup plays that game, they're not because you, you still because you still get because again you still get Bill Belichick two weeks to protect prepare. It, that defense is still better than the um uh than the defense that uh Cincinnati was playing with last year, specifically in the secondary. Um and again, Jerry Goff is still throwing the fucking ball. Like I don't I I honestly I'm gonna say it, like and they have the better head coach. I don't think Cooper Cup was the missing ingredient that allows because again, even then they would need to score at least two possessions worth of points so they need at least 10 points to win that game Not i don't think cooper, just a touchdown and a two-point conversion i don't think cooper cup is worth i don't think cooper cup by 29 2018 version of cooper cup i do not think is worth uh eight points against that new england that's against, a hot take against that new england defense i don't think cooper cup is is the sole reason because you need a lot more than just cooper cup to win that game and they had plenty of opportunities because their defense gave them the opportunity to win that game, and they couldn't. Mitch, and let me Sean ask. McVay, if Sean McVay, hey, if Sean McVay is the offensive mastermind that a lot of us think that he is, he would have been able to win that game with or without Cooper Cup. Let me just say one final thing about that year for because uh... this was the most high-powered offense that we had seen in Los Angeles since the fucking greatest show on turf. Los Angeles that year, Cooper Cup plays in the first eight games. Los Angeles is eight no. Mitch, if Cooper Cup plays in Super Bowl fifty three, do the Rams win that Super Bowl? We're talking about twenty eighteen Cooper. We're Cup. talking about twenty eighteen Cooper Cup. Um, like twenty twenty two Cooper Cup? Yes, twenty eighteen Cooper Cup? No, I'm done. Sorry, Mitch. I think. Maybe just because Jared Goff, I just I have to. I'm like looking back at both rosters and Goff's stats because it's so long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, he was decent. Um, Todd Gurley was still at the height of his powers. He didn't get the injury that cost him his anything. Uh, in hey, hey, we're getting there. Um, he didn't get the injury that basically cost him his career. So you know, a really high powered running back. Uh, you know, if Jared Goff would have been throwing to Cooper Cup, Randy Cooks, Robert Woods, Josh Reynolds, that's pretty solid going against, and he needs those kind of weapons going against, uh, wasn't that the year Gilmore won Defensive Player of the Year and J.C. Jackson? Um, the defense was still pretty solid. Um, I think yeah. Gilmore won it the next year. Okay. Uh, yeah. But he was Gilmore was, yeah, Gilmore was still at the height of his prime. Um, so maybe he would have been the little bit of a difference maker. Uh, probably would have scored more than three points. I'll give you that. Um, yeah, I can't say with any certainty that uh, he would have been a total difference maker. 
I'll say that they would have won the, the game. But Fuck you. We'll move on. <laughs> Skyler, I didn't even get to say anything that I've thought about the afternoon games. That's what I'm about up. to get to. Oh, okay. Skylar, what are your thoughts on the afternoon games? Um, I mean, fucking San Francisco, just win the fucking game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, this is really, like, my biggest thought about those afternoon games. Um, that was the Sunday night game, technically. Yeah. Um, no, we're uh, throwing we're throwing okay. the prime, uh, prime timers in there as you well. You need to win that game. You honestly need to win that game. Um, there's no reason on fucking earth that Denver should be two on one right now. Um, like Seattle, they shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Houston, maybe. No way that they should have beat San Francisco. There's no fucking way they should have beat San Francisco. Um, Green Bay, I. It's amazing what you can do with uh when the other team doesn't have anybody to throw the ball to. Um and I and the funny thing is is I was sitting there watching like looking at the score towards the end and I still was hoping you guys lose. Um because <laughs> <laughs> then it would have been because I would have lost a point, but it would have been fucking worth it. Um uh okay, that was Atlanta, Seattle. Arizona, Los Angeles. And then you've got uh yeah, Cincinnati. Green Bay, uh you've got and then um Cincinnati New No, that was oh. that was a new game. Denver Niners and then Cowboys Giants. Yeah. Um Los Angeles needs to find something in that offense, um, besides Cooper Cup. Uh, I mean you 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 spent so you or not spent a ton of money, but you spent money this offseason to bring other players in to kind of um compliment and they haven't really made up for anything arizona's arizona um i mean to be fair um the beta for uh mon warfare 2 did come out this weekend so uh yeah it makes sense that kyler murray was ass it makes sense that kyler murray was fucking ass um uh i'll say shout out to jj watt for picking up the sack that was pretty nice it's always it's always correct me if i'm wrong but uh randy gregory got another sack didn't he I will check. Um, and then I honestly thought the Giants are going to win that game. Uh, yes, Cooper he did. Cup, Cooper Cup got yeah. Um, Cooper Cup. Uh, not Cooper Cup. Uh, Cooper Rush. Um, I mean, he's one of three quarterback. He's the only undefeated quarterback that didn't go to Alabama. Like, that's that's pretty nice. Uh. Um, I I don't know how I feel about Dallas though because he beats he beats the Giants team who again even being two and oh we were kind of all surprised with that that point um and he beats uh, Cincinnati Cincinnati which is honestly a good game um that's a good team so jury's still kind of out um. I mean, it's I honestly, I'm just glad that I went even with my picks. That's kind of where I'm looking at it right now because I, I was out there for some of them, um, but no, I, I, it's still too early in the season for me to be like, okay, these are front runners. These are like I still think Philadelphia is doing what I thought that they were going to do. I had them winning the NFC East. They're 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 doing better than I thought they were going to do in terms of like how explosive their offense is, how they're holding other teams, their defense, how well that's playing uh, the impact that AJ Brown is having on that team. They're, they're holding up the, I would not have picked Miami to be undefeated, but really everybody other, every other team 
Like I'm thinking of like San Francisco is one and two, but with Trey Lance injured, that that changes how I expect what I'm expecting from this team. Uh, the Giants and Dallas are kind of, I mean, I've already said Giants are doing better. Dallas is doing about what I thought. Um, Rams are doing about what I thought. Like these, like these are teams that I'm expecting them to be in these kinds of situations already. So nobody's kind of, no one's really kind of had earth shattering kinds of things except that, that we haven't already talked about in the last couple episodes. So I'll just, I'll end it there. Um, I'll go backwards. Cooper rush is the second best quarterback in the NFC East. Um, behind Jalen hurts because no, I got you. like <clears throat> the dude didn't take a sack. He was highly efficient with the ball. Um, and also, I mean, Mike McCarthy, Hey, isn't it nice when you have a really solid running back tandem? Um, Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott combined for 28 carries, 178 yards and a touchdown on the day. That's fucking fantastic numbers there. Home skillet. Um, and, and for, for a Dallas offensive line that, week one of the season we're sitting there going okay it's ass for them to be two and one that's that's big now i'll go back to my point i made earlier which the difference between two and one and one and two really isn't that much but with the Dak prescott injury and the fact that dallas's schedule does not get easier down the road here commanders next and then you've got the rams you've got the eagles you get two nfc north three straight four straight nfc north games i'm sorry when you go Lions, Bears, Packers, Vikings, your schedule's not going to get easier here. This was a huge win for Dallas. This can't be understated enough. Every win without Dak Prescott is a huge win for Dallas. Um, for the 49ers, I think it's absolutely time to panic. Listen, it, this would be one thing if it was like fucking uh, uh, Bailey Zapp or Tyler Huntley or Jordan Love or Chad Henney, who was out there playing quarterback as your backup quarterback for your team. But this is Jimmy Garoppolo, who in three years, last three years, has taken you to a Super Bowl and an NFC Championship game, and your offense can only put up ten points. Like all of our all of our stuff that we said about Denver or uh, San Francisco's offensive line is bad. San Francisco's defensive line isn't as good as it looks on paper. San Francisco's secondary isn't as good as it looks on paper. All of these things are coming through, and I don't know if you guys saw the the. Uh, the clip, but I sure as hell did, where after a failed third down conversion, Jimmy Garoppolo is walking off the field saying, and I quote, Kyle, your fucking plays suck. Like, this is, and people sitting there saying like, oh, well, Jimmy G, he didn't get preseason snaps. He didn't get to work out with this team. Guys, it's the same fucking offense that they went to the NFC Championship game with last year. It's the same offense. George Kittle was back. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. Your only real knock on the offense is that you don't have as much depth at the halfback position, but even then your halfbacks haven't played that poorly for you. Jeff Wilson Jr. Had a great game, 12 carries, 75 yards. He added three catches for 31 yards as well. 15 touches over a hundred yards. What more do you want out of a halfback realistically? Right. Can I, can I, I let, let, real quick, let, mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to put the brakes because you've said it multiple times this, this episode. What have you said about the, what is the difference between a two and one team and a one and two team? There's not much difference between a okay. two and one and a one and two football. team. Okay. So, so far San Francisco has played Denver, Ch- Chicago and Seattle, Seattle, and they beat Seattle. Yep. Okay. And we agree that this is a much worse team than last year's team, right? I would hope so. No, this yeah. is uh, – sorry. As of right now, we're walking into the season. 
Walking into the season, it was a worse team than last year. I'm not going to say that it was a much worse team. But it was a worse team. Yes or no? Sure. Yeah, okay. That's they, Sorry. That's I, – I, okay. Last year, San Francisco beat – because I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at our pickup from last year. San Francisco beat Detroit in week one. They beat Philadelphia in week two. And they lost to Green Bay in week three. So they were two and one. Mm-hmm. So – so and again, this is a team that went ten and seven, if I'm correct, and went to the NFC Championship game. I don't think it's time to hit a panic button right now. I listen because after... because again, you lost you lost to a Chicago team in the rain where you couldn't do the one thing that you wanted to do. Um, you lost and... as much to Chicago by the like what fifteen penalties in the game. They all, yeah, 15 penalties, and you let up only 20 points. Uh, you lose to – you lose, you beat Seattle, and you allow – how many points did they allow against Seattle? Seven. Okay, and then you lose to Denver, and you let up 11? Yep. Okay, your defense is – your defense is doing its fucking job. It is. Against those three teams, that's what I'm kind of expecting out of your defense. Your defense is doing your job. I agree, your offense needs to find some fucking thing that works. But when you're going between two different quarterbacks in the last three fucking games, and again, yes, it is the same system that brought you to the NFC Championship game. But I remember, and I quote you saying, he doesn't know how to coach throughout the season, but when it matters, he does know how to coach um, when it came to Kyle Shanahan. And again, every I'm I, I'm I'm not going to take what Jimmy G says right now with a grain of salt, because right now, there's no reason he wants to stay in that team. The entire offseason. There absolutely seen... is. He's a starting quarterback right now. Brady, and he's Brady. getting paid. He's the highest paid backup quarterback no, in the NFL I, history. No, but I understand. But whether or not he's but, – but here's the thing. He's the highest paid quarterback in – backup quarterback in NFL history. So whether or not he plays or he doesn't, he's getting paid. Like that's yeah, but he gets more money if he wins. He does. So. He well, yeah, he does. But what we're also going to say is this is the same Jimmy G that, after getting a record-setting cor- uh, uh, contract, completely ghosted the fucking team. It's the same guy. You're right. So, and like, again, like... Too busy like, being porn stars. You know what? If I look like him, I would be too. Because <laughs> I, I, I remember him being the backup quarterback for New England and my, and my friend going, that's the only reason I would root for New England. Um, Like, the, I, I'm not going to hit the panic button right now because there's because we all know that when you're calling an offense, you have certain kinds of plays that you are going... They went into the season expecting... Trey Lance to be the starting quarterback for this team. And so that allows them to do a whole different slew of playbook options that they were going through him and him missing an offseason. Because again, Brady, I'm going to say, we all looked at the no preseason year and we all sat there and go, so preseason matters, right? Mm -hmm. And it does. And him not having a preseason does matter. It does. Whether or not we want to admit it, it does. I, it does listen, because it's just, reps. It's getting familiar with the system, and again, he was injured all off season two. But he's now had he was, he's now had half of a pre two thirds of a preseason, right? Uh, to get into the offense to be the starting quarterback, right? But he wasn't expected to be the starting quarterback until week until this week. Doesn't matter how how realistically different is the 49ers offense under Trey Lance versus Jimmy Garoppolo? Realistically. When you, when you sit, it's different. When you sit, it, 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 fundamentally though, it's not. It's still the same system. It's still the same head coach. So even if even if Kyle Shanahan walks in and went, I'm going to scrap last year's playbook, the playbook that's gotten me to two NFC Championship games and a Super Bowl, right? Uh, because I want to go with Trey Lance, 
And then Trey Lance gets hurt, and you go, I, I now have to go back to Jimmy G. Just pull out that 10-7 and seven playbook that won you two football, uh, well, that's a two, two playoff games. Two that's playoff a, games last year. That's that got you playbook. To, to within a possession of the fucking Super Bowl again. That we agree. It's the same playbook that got you to a thirteen and three record and the Super Bowl two fucking years before that, right? It's it. So so it would be different if this is if, if this was a situation where Jimmy Garoppolo was the expected starting quarterback and he had a season-ending injury, and then Trey Lance came in and the Niners started one and two, and this is how they looked. I'd be like, okay. All right, and they're also missing their leading rusher from last season. I understand it. I'm, but you got Jeff Wilson Jr. back, who was supposed to be your leading rusher from last and year. Debo he, and Kittle, and Debo and Kittle, and Brandon Ayuk, and you've got you've got maybe the best left tackle in football, and you've got a pretty good right tackle, and you've got maybe the best linebacker in football, and you've got a solid secondary, Bosa, and, and you've got good pass. <laughs> I said their defense is playing got, great. Exactly, their defense right? is playing exactly what the I needed. Their offense sucks. But at the end of the day. Offense wins games, defense wins championships, and you can't get to a championship level uh, level if your offense can't put up more than what I'm gonna ten say points is in I'm a fucking gonna, football if game. If I'm going to look at Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan and I'm going to be like, okay, what side of the what side of the team is he going to be able to fix? Is he going to be able to make the adjustments for? Is he going to be able to figure things out for? It's going to be the offensive side of the fucking ball. It's, it's hard when gonna... you go one for ten on third downs. No, I completely fucking agree. It's hard, but it gives you a lot to work with, and you learn learn more from losses than you do from wins. We can all agree with that, right? But again, I'm going to say, like, I'm, I'm going to say, we were looking at different times throughout Kyle Shanahan's tenure as the San Francisco 49 head coach. And going, he needs to be gone. He, they don't know what they're fucking doing, and and for some fucking reason, the guy has gone to a Super Bowl and uh and uh fucking goddamn NFC Championship game in the meantime, and we're still saying the same goddamn thing. It's gonna be something like again. We're three weeks into the fucking season, so like we need we need to pump the fucking brakes here real quick, and we need to reevaluate. Let's do let's do a fun little exercise, right? We did the same thing with Tennessee last week. Skyler, Mitch, I'm gonna ask for your opinions on this. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. go through every game. That San Francisco has to play here. But Jimmy Garoppolo is the expected starting quarterback here. You're starting one and two. Here's some of your future games. The Rams. Lost. The Chiefs. Lost. The Rams again. Lost. The Chargers. Win. The Dolphins. Lost. Ooh. Uh. Lost. In San Francisco. Lost. Tampa what? Bay. Win. Lost. Uh. Raiders. Win. Win. Cardinals twice. Win, win. Split. So you think that with Jimmy G at quarterback, they go six and three in those nine in those nine games, Skyler. Yes. And Mitch, I think you had them three and six. I think you had the other way around. Uh, yeah, that sounds yes. about right. Sounds about right. Yeah. So, uh... Brady hates playing this game with me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought you were mad at me. No, 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 no. I hate playing the game with Skyler because Skyler just says things just to infuriate me. So you don't um, act like you don't do the same thing, motherfucker. <laughs> I don't. I'm an angel. Um uh uh moving on to the other the other prime time and later later date games. Um for uh-huh. Green Bay, I think that it just it proves their hypothesis walking into the offseason that uh investing in the defense is going to win you more football games than investing in the offenses, right? Because the offense comes out, had back-to-back touchdown drives, and then completely sputtered. But at the end of the day, the offense had good performances. Bob Tanyan um, is averaging the most yards per separation on a catch of any player in the NFL. Take that stat for what it's worth. 
Romeo Dobbs was the first wide receiver not named Devontae Adams to catch eight passes in a game from Aaron Rodgers since Randall Cobb did it in 2018, right? Um, and you did it all without Christian Watson. Um, you lost Jair Alexander on the first drive of the game. You So investing in that defense, I think, is proving the hypothesis of Green Bay. And again, you know, if Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Julio Jones are playing in that game, is the outcome different? I personally believe so, but Green Bay hit all the marks that you needed to to beat Tom Brady. They forced multiple turnovers. They got three sacks. Um, I thought Devontae Wyatt had a great game. I thought Quay Walker looked really good. Um, you know, they gave up a, a field goal on the opening drive, and then really the touchdown at the end of the game was kind of the only two times that the defense didn't look fantastic. Um, so, for, for Green Bay, I think it's proving the hypothesis that right now this is a football team that um, is going to focus on their defense to win football games until that offense fully and finally meshes uh, in a way that San Francisco's won't. So let's move on to our uh, pick em for this upcoming week. Uh, <clears throat> it's going to kick off with uh, Miami at Cincinnati. We get Tua Tonga-Vailoa versus Joe Burrow, baby, as the 3-0 and Dolphins travel to Cincinnati to take on the 1-2 Bengals who picked up their first win last week against the, uh, <clears throat> the Jets. Uh, the line on this game sits at Cincinnati by four. We'll kick it off with um, Mitch. Mitch, Cincinnati uh, versus uh, Miami. Who you take? <sighs> Unfortunately, we're making these picks on a Wednesday. Um, so as of right now, I have to go with Cincinnati, not because I think they're better, just because right now, Tua, Jalen Waddle, Xavier Howard, and Teron Armstead are all questionable. And if, uh, you know, the majority or even half those guys don't play, then I think it favors the Cincinnati. So I have to go with them just because of the Dolphins injuries. Uh, I'm going to go with Miami. I'm not taking them as my dog. But I am going with Miami, but I reserve the right to change my mind. Um, just depending, <laughs> depending on how, depending, depending, depending on how the rest of our pickup goes, I might need to go back. Um, and how they play in the game? No, not not <laughs> no, not to like change my mind on the pick, but on whether or not they're my dog. Oh, okay. That's what I'm talking about. Not like I reserve the right to change Cincinnati. No, I reserve the right to like them as my underdog for the for the week changes in the fourth quarter yeah <laughs> as, as, <laughs> as the clock is hitting zero no guys trust me i picked cincinnati, cincinnati. <laughs> exactly. uh, no i am of miami uh i i love the fact that we're getting eli apple versus tariq tyreek hill uh because that makes picking miami so much easier for me um i i mean i i like cincinnati their defense is playing pretty solid uh pretty solidly um, but Miami's offense again, the, the they're continuously being playing explosive. Um, they're continuously pushing the down the ball downfield. Um, Tua shouldn't play, but he probably will. And if he does play, they win. Um, I got Miami because again, the the problems for Miami can't there 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 really are no offensive problems for this team right now. And defensively, they're they're playing stout enough. Um, to to make a problem for the other for for teams. Um, and that offensive line for Cincinnati continues to be a liability. I hate picking against Cincinnati, but in this one instance, I'm going to pick Miami. 
Yeah, this game is tough for me because Miami's got, obviously, Miami might have the most explosive offense in the NFL right now. However, Miami has a goddamn liability at defense at the moment. Uh, they're giving up 426 yards per game, 310 through the air, buck 16 on the ground. Um, I'm going to pick Cincinnati to win, but here's a caveat. For Cincinnati to win, they've got to run the ball. And it's something that for some reason they've been so afraid to do the first three weeks of the season. They have to run the ball. You have Joe Mixon, a, a great halfback. You've invested in this offensive line. Fucking six, 80% of it is brand new from last year. Um, and running the ball is going to help to keep that sack number down. So please, dear Christ, Zach Taylor, don't take a card out of the Scott Frost playbook. Run the fucking football, okay? Like, <sighs> running the ball effectively opens up every other aspect of your game. But when you can't run the ball effectively, it turns you into a one-dimensional feast for, for the opposing team. Joe Burrow is a great quarterback, but any good quarterback, any great quarterback will tell you, from Peyton Manning to Tom Brady to Aaron Rodgers, to uh, Chad Powers, to any other quarterback who's going to sit there and tell you that you have to be able to run the football. It's a quarterback's best friend. And when you can't run the football, you become so one-dimensional that that the other team just knows what you're doing. We go back to, to what we talked about with Wake Forest versus Clemson, right? It's infinitely easier for the defense when they know that you're just going to throw the fucking football on them. That's why third and longs, anything more than third and six is so much harder to uh, convert than than a third and three is um, because you have the opportunity to run the football. I'm going to pick Cincinnati, uh, and I and I do it because I think Cincinnati's got the better defense. I don't think I think Cincinnati's got a good secondary that, unlike Buffalo, isn't injured, um, and that Miami is Miami's getting there. But I'm still hesitant to to fully uh, to fully buy in on the Dolphins. Um, now, boys, let's head over to jolly old London town where the Minnesota Vikings travel also, to New Orleans. Go ahead. Quick breaking news. Aaron Judge has tied Roger Maris Jr.'s uh, home run record. He just hit his 61st home run. Um, I've heard that the MLB is juicing his balls uh, uh, on home runs. So I'm, I don't, I don't know how I feel about it. Um, I'm just saying he did tie it. Talking it about it. juiced balls. Uh, Minnesota at New Orleans here. You guys make it make sense. Uh, Minnesota <laughs> at New Orleans. Uh, when the two and one Vikings uh, travel to London to play technically a home game for the Saints, who are one and two. Uh, Jameis Winston has thrown five interceptions in the last two weeks, uh, but he's your starting quarterback. He's expected to go, um, even though he's listed as questionable on the injury sheet. Skyler, why don't you kick us off? New Orleans hosting Minnesota in London. <sighs> um. Also, sorry, do you guys want me to run through the injury report when I'm going through these games? Would that I be mean, helpful? Yeah. Yeah, okay. if you want to. Uh, yeah. Minnesota, uh, all questionable. Dalvin Cook, C.J. Hams, Adarius Smith, Andrew Booth Jr., uh, B.C. Johnson. For New Orleans, questionable. Marcus May, Marcus Davenport, uh, Deontay Hardy, Jameis Winston, and Michael Thomas. Um, most of those guys didn't practice uh, today, uh, but – Take it for what it's worth. Kevin O'Connell has said that there's a good chance Dalvin Cook will go for Minnesota. Um, it uh, doesn't really matter in this kind of in this kind of situation because uh, Kirk Cousins doesn't play well in prime time, but Jameis Winston hasn't really played well all season. 
Uh, so uh, Minnesota, because <laughs> uh, I because because I have seen Minnesota play well against good defenses, and I've seen that this offense can work. Um, they need to figure out some of those kinds of situation. I think they got Adam feeling the ball a little bit more last week, but um, Justin Jefferson, give him the ball, please. Not because I need him for my fantasy team, but I'm just saying in general, uh, he's he hasn't gotten the ball nearly as much as he needs to. Dalvin Cook, the running game situation. Honestly, I think if Dalvin Cook doesn't play, it might honestly be better because Alexander Madison and uh, CJ Ham have played well in backup roles before. Um, and I think it, it, it gets some pressure away from that because Dalvin Cook, I think, is in his head too much right now. Um, New Orleans uh, defensively is looking okay, but offensively it's just struggling. Uh, I'm going to go with Minnesota. Yeah, I'm going to pick Minnesota also, but this is not going to be an easy game for Min- uh, for the Vikings. Um Kirk Cousins has looked, you know, bad even by Kirk Cousins' standards these last two weeks um, against Philadelphia and Detroit. Um, But Minnesota has the weapons that even if Dalvin Cook isn't good to go, um, that their offense should be okay. Um, But the Saints have a very, very good defense. I mean, if it's not for the turnover bug, there's a very good chance that the Saints are a 3-0 football team right now. The issue is, is that, You've got Jameis Winston, at quarterback, who already is turnover prone. And then when you add on the level of injuries he has, I don't know. I don't know how solid this offense is going to be. And if I'm New Orleans, again, kind of going back to what I was talking about with the Justin Herbert situation, maybe just maybe you put Andy Dalton in and you let him start and allow him to work with some of the weapons that you have, because guys like Chris Olave has have played really, really well so far this season, 17 catches, 268 yards. Um, he's got one fewer catch than Justin Jefferson, but he's got 22 more yards than Justin Jefferson um, on the season. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe let Andy Dalton take a crack at it, um, given the fact that you're traveling this much um, for for a football game. But I, I think Minnesota's even with some of their injuries and the fact that their defense has not looked good either the last two weeks. I'm still going to take the Vikings to win the game. Mitch, yeah, I'll go with Minnesota. I mean. We all know how Kirk Cousins plays in primetime. So with him playing at 8.30 in the morning, maybe he just plays godlike. I don't know. We'll have to see. Um, which, or which maybe it's so bad because he's supposed to be at church <laughs> at that time. Which, which for reference, is 2.30 in the afternoon in London. I don't know if that changes anybody's pick. Oh, it's time to for a dentist appointment. Hey, oh. What? 2.30? 2.30? Piss off, Mitch. <laughs> you have to explain um, it, Brady. It's not funny. Yeah, you should really work on that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, even though when you kind of look into the yardage, Nola is better with defensively and offensively. It just kind of it kind of comes down to points where New Orleans is giving up 23 points a game. The Vikings only 18. Uh, they're only able to put up 17 with Jameis. Um, and Kirk Cousins putting up about 20 points a game. So just by the statistics, I think they're going to win. It's just kind of disappointing. I thought the Saints would be doing better. Uh, I don't think they've realized their potential yet, and I don't know if they will in London. So I'm going to go with Minnesota. All right, I'll kick us off when the Chargers travel to Houston to take on the Texans. Um, for the injury report, Rashawn Slater, uh, Joey Bosa on IR for the Chargers, um, J.C. Jackson, Donald Parham, or Parham Jr., Keenan Allen, and Justin Herbert, all questionable. Um, but uh, let's see here. Uh, Keenan Allen and just Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert, and JC Jackson 
uh, were all limited at practice today. So they did practice uh, for Houston, Malik Collins, Blake Cashman, Jalen Reeves, Maven, MJ Stewart, and Damian Pierce, um, all questionable as well. Um, I'm, I'm taking the Chargers to win this football game. Um, both of these teams have struggled to put up 20 points uh, so far this season. Um, the Chargers looked really bad last week, but Houston doesn't have a great passing offense. They don't even average 90 yards rushing, um, even though I think Damian Pierce is a really solid player. And, and defensively, they just looked bad. They had every opportunity to beat Chicago last week, and they should have. Um, they had every opportunity to beat the Texans or to beat the Colts week one, um, and instead they ended up tying that football game, and they should have beat Denver. This is just this is a Houston team that has pieces um, and has looked, I, I, in, at least in my opinion, a lot better than I actually expected Houston to look to start the season out. But they don't have the ability to close a game out. They don't really have a pass rush to get to Justin Herbert. Um, and as long as the Chargers offense flows through Austin Eckler um, and not necessarily through Justin Herbert, I think the Chargers would be fine. I'm going to go with the Chargers. Uh, Mitch? Yeah, I'll go with the Chargers too. Um, Houston's almost there to make it a trap game, but I still think they're missing a few pieces to be good enough to uh, get a game like the Chargers. So I think the Chargers will use this as a get-right game for them. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Chargers as well. Um, I think that um, – so congrats, Houston, on the win. Um, but <laughs> I, I uh, honestly think that um, – even without Slater and Bosa, that there's still a uh, solid offensive pieces on on the solid pieces on that offensive line for the Chargers. Uh, Keenan Allen might be back for this game, uh, which could be huge for the Chargers. I mean, even in his ab- absence, they have had some good offensive sides uh, on offensive pieces. Um, Davis Mills and that offense is, is nowhere close to even the potential of what Jacksonville is able to produce offensively. Uh, Pierce is doing okay. Burkhead's doing somewhat something. Um, OJ Howard has disappeared since week one. Uh, uh, and Cooks continues to be the only kind of threat that they have on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, they're playing okay. DJ Reader's doing great stuff in the middle of that defense. But um, other than that, I, I don't think that they don't have enough firepower um, to beat them on either side of the ball. So I'm going to go with the Chargers. So three in a row for the Chargers. Mitch, Cleveland travels to Atlanta. To mm-hmm. take on the Falcons, uh, the Falcons, nobody on the injured report list uh, after their first win against Seattle. But for Cleveland now, Miles Garrett's situation is still kind of up in the air right now with the car accident that he was in. He's not officially listed on the injury report, but who is uh, Jadavion Clowney, Denzel Ward, um, questionable. But so is three-fifths of your starting offensive line, um, including tackle Jack Conklin, guard Joel Batonio, tackle Joel, uh, Joe Hag. Um, all questionable for Cleveland uh, coming off of their win against Pittsburgh. Uh, quick, Scott, did you have something to say? Quick question. Yeah. How's John Deere doing though? Because if the deer shows up on that, on the field, I honestly have to pick Atlanta. <laughs> you got to pick Atlanta. Uh, but Mitch, uh, who are you taking? Atlanta, Cleveland. Doesn't Clowney put on IR, I thought? Or does he not? Um, the last thing that I see was that he did not participate in practice on Wednesday. I don't see that he's been okay. put on IR, but I can, I'll double check that really quick. Okay. Um, I, th- I think I'll go with Atlanta just because if Clowney's going to be out and, you know, Michael Miles Garrett being in the, the car accident and um, maybe practices tomorrow. Um, I just don't know where the pass rush is going to come through. 
So if Marcus Mariota is going to have a clean pocket all game, um, I think he can get it done. Uh, Nick Chubb's been amazing this year, probably the best running back in the league right now. I think he's the leading rusher as well. But Cordero Patterson, I think he's like third in rushing. So he's got that. Drake London, I thought, had a really good breakout game uh, last week. Um, and it's at home for them. So I think they can uh, take advantage and uh, Atlanta wins. Um, uh, Jadavian Clowney is not on IR. Okay. Um, he is, however, out of the walking boot that he was in. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take Cleveland on uh, Cleveland. Um, just kind of looking at what they've been able to do. Jacoby Brissett has played pretty good offensively. They're like, like PFF is ranking them like as the second most efficient offense right now. And most of that's probably has to do with Nick Chubb. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm liking what they're being able to do at both sides on both sides of the ball. They're uh, sixth in points, uh, in points scored. Um, they've, uh, that loss against the Eagles is looking better, uh, or not. No, wait, that was preseason. Sorry. Um, the loss against the Jets honestly seems like a fluke. And again, like we were talking about, uh, Brady was talking about with, uh, Dallas, the more games that they win without, uh, without Prescott, um, is uh that that looks better um is the same with uh cleveland sorry i lost my entire train of thought trying to think of something you're good trying the to more look games at that cleveland wins yeah the more deshaun wins watson, yeah the, the, the same thing more games that they win without deshaun watson the better that they are going into uh later in the season uh jacoby Brissett is the third rated quarterback according to pff um he's efficient he's uh, looking he's actually doing good things with the ball amari cooper has shown up um in the last two games like we've been expecting him to uh, nick chubb continues to be a dominant force on on the side of the ball the game we didn't talk about was cleveland and uh pittsburgh cleveland looked every part of what they needed to be in that game um except for the fact that katie york can't hit uh freaking an extra point to save save his life he can hit like a 40 yarder but can't hit it from like 20 20 yards out um i don't think it's going to come down to uh an extra point, I think. I think Cleveland's got it. I actually think that this game might come down to an extra point because Atlanta's two losses by a combined five points or one win by four points. So Atlanta's one and two with a point differential on the season of minus one, um, which is pretty solid. I mean, Atlanta's, pretty, yeah. Atlanta, Atlanta has done a lot of what they need to do. Marcus Mariota, though, hasn't looked great. However, what you get, I'd love to see is Kyle Pitts finally getting involved in the offense last week for uh, Atlanta. And if there's one area, you know, even if you took a fully healthy Cleveland roster, if there's one area where Cleveland defensively has struggles, it's linebackers, right? They've invested so much in the pass rush and so much in the uh, secondary. They're really outside of like JOK. Um, Cleveland's linebacker court isn't fantastic. Um <sighs> I think a large part of this comes down to injuries because if Miles Garrett isn't okay, um, if Jadavion Clowney can't go again, there's there's issues with that Cleveland pass rush all of a sudden. Um, Cordero Patterson has has played great. Like we sat there and and I don't remember which one of us said it, but it's like the, the Falcons can't expect to win if Cordero Patterson is your starting halfback. And right now, the difference between him and Chubb is Patterson has 12 fewer carries and only 39 fewer yards, two fewer touchdowns. But, like, really? That's impressive. That's that's pretty good through three weeks that that's the difference between Nick Chubb, who's probably a top-five halfback in the league, 
and Cordero Patterson, who's always kind of been viewed as a weird gadgety player. Um, so this is, this is, this is actually really tough for me. Um, I'm going to take Cleveland just because of the one, two punch that uh, hunt and Chubb have. I think that even if the Cleveland defense isn't there uh, in full go, um, that Atlanta has issues on that defensive side. And yeah, Mari Cooper's looked really good through two weeks. Granted, so is Drake London for Atlanta. My God, that dude has looked solid for through two weeks. Um, Atlanta has the weapons. They have the firepower to keep up with Cleveland. But I think that at the end of the day, Cleveland's ability to just drain clock, to pick up the tough yards is is what's going to win on this game. But I, I think this game is going to be really, really close. Um, so, uh, Skyler, kick us off here. Washington at Dallas. Uh, Cooper Cup getting his third straight start of the season. He's 3-0 and as a quarterback. Um, he's taking on a Washington team that started the year off with a great win against uh, Jacksonville, but since then losses to Detroit and got absolutely annihilated by Philadelphia last week. Um, on the injury report, uh, kind of only guys of note, really, uh, for Washington, Sadiq Charles, Charles Leno Jr., and Wes uh, Schweitzer, all questionable, um, three-fifths of your offensive line. And for Dallas, um, Demarcus Lawrence, Michael Gallup, Dalton Schultz, and Connor McGovern, all questionable as well. Uh, Dak Prescott, obviously, officially out. Uh, who are you taking? Uh, I'm going to go with Dallas. Um, I do like what I'm seeing. Carson Wentz is honestly playing better than I think was expected of him uh, throughout throughout three games of the season. Jahan Dodson continues to look like a good pick, pick up for him. He's been amazing in at least two of the three games that he's been going through. Um, but uh, past like last week was rough. Um, and and with Cooper Rush. Um, Dallas is playing efficiently. Um, they're playing good. CeeDee Lamb has looked up, has kind of lived up to the preseason hype um, with with either quarterback in the game right now. Um, it, Brady mentioned it uh, for last week against uh, um, the Giants that the, two, the one-two punch between Pollard and um, uh, Ezekiel yeah, Elliot is is living up to is is doing good things. Defense continues to uh, play well. Micah Parsons continues to be a good a good player, one of the best pass rushers. Honestly, they should just keep him at pass rush because it's just kind of what he's doing. He's doing amazingly good things there. Um, if they can get into uh Carson Wentz's face and uh, uh make him uncomfortable, it's going to be a Dallas win, and I, I that's what I'm predicting. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on a Dallas win, and I think that. Uh, the largest part of it is going to come from the success of that running back duo of Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott, because while I have faith that if that doesn't work, that uh, Cooper rush can probably still put you, put you in a position to win the football game. Um, the, the quote unquote vaunted Washington defense that we've been talking about as a work, you know, working through these last two years has not actually looked good at all. They're giving up 419 yards per game almost 300 through the air, um, a buck 26 on the ground. And while Dallas isn't throwing the ball especially well, they're running the ball very efficiently. Um, I think that's where it's going to come down to. And with with an already beat up uh, offensive line having to go up against Micah Parsons um, and uh, Adigizua and some of those other guys that they have there, Dante Fowler Jr. had a great game against the Giants last week. I think Dallas is going to live in that backfield, make it hard on Carson Wentz. I'm going to pick the Cowboys. Uh, Mitch? 
Yeah, I got to go with the Cowboys. I think Cooper Rush, Rush gets to uh, 4-0. and um, And just kind of like you guys said, uh, we all saw what the Cowboys did to Giants offensive line uh, on Monday, especially Micah Parsons. I don't know how the offensive line that three-fifths of their offensive line is questionable that just gave up nine sacks to the Eagles is going to do any better. Yeah. Um, so I'll kick us off. Seattle travels to Detroit to take on the Lions. Um, for Detroit, a couple of injuries. Frank Ragnow questionable, but the dude's played with a broken neck, so I kind of fully expect him to play realistically. Um, but then your the other big question is what's Detroit going to do with DeAndre Swift? Because Coach Campbell alluded to the fact that they might let him rest uh, for a couple of weeks to heal up his shoulder and his ankle. Um, but Jamal Williams has looked good for Detroit. For Seattle, uh, Alton Robinson and Travis Homer uh, were placed on injured reserve. Um, so really, in terms of questionable, Shelby Harris, the guy you picked up in the uh, uh, Russell Wilson trade, and Marquise Godwin are questionable. Um, I'm going to take Detroit to win this football game. I, Detroit should have won last week against Minnesota, but unfortunately, Dan Campbell took a risk that I think he wished he had back at the end of that football game. Um, Jamal Williams has looked very good. Amon Ross St. Brown, 23 catches, 253 yards, three touchdowns on the season. He's looked fantastic. And while Geno Smith has looked serviceable, um, he's obviously not the long-term answer. They've had issues trying to get the ball around to everybody. Um, and Seattle's got weapons, right? Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Noah Fant. Um, they have weapons that can make this offense very good. But Seattle's defense has just not looked great these last few weeks. Granted, neither has Detroit, but – the Lions, I think, have a little bit more fight in them. I'm going to take the Lions to win. Uh, Skyler? Um, yeah, I'm also going to take the Lions to win. Um, I like what I've been seeing out of them so far this season. Um, I, I agree they should have won last last week, but it was just kind of um, – it was a little rough for them, um, to say the least. Uh, that, that last uh, – that, that last quarter, it was right there within their grasp, and then they kind of just let it go past them. Um, but this team is a team that doesn't give up. They keep going. Um, we, we've all seen the kind of culture that Dave Campbell's instilling in this team. Amon Ross St. Brown is uh, continuously doing amazing kinds of things. Jared Goff is uh, playing above his is, – is playing above the, the level I think a lot of us thought he was going to be at. Um, talking about one-two punch, uh, whether it's Swift or Jamal Williams in the game right now, both are doing amazing kinds of things. Um, and the defense is is doing good. Aiden Hutchinson is continuously. You're seeing the impact that he's having on the game. Brady loves loves that impact kind of stat. Um, uh, and it, it's it's good to see. I honestly think Seattle right now is is struggling. They haven't been able to take the momentum from that week one win against Denver and and push it into the rest of the season. And it's and it's only really going downhill from here. Um, I think they're looking at. Um, they're going to be, uh, Pete Carroll is going to be spending too much time on Saturday watching, uh, Ohio state and Alabama playing to try to figure out who his next quarterback is to, to game plan against Detroit. Mitch, who are you taking? Um, I would first like to point out it's uh, effect, not impact. Maybe if you had effect, you would know that. Um, oh! I'm just kidding. Love you, Oh! <laughs> that was holy shit. I feel oh one sec. I need to call 911 because I need to go to the ICU after that. That was oh. 
I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. We're ending the show. That's I'm it. Not We're never doing another podcast. That's it. Give, give him all the trophies. Um. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I'll go with Detroit as well. Um. From what I've seen, Swift's probably not going to be going. But like Brady said, Jamal Williams has shown that he can carry the the workload and do pretty well. So I'm not worried about the the run game. Um. I know St. Brown is questionable, but it sounds like he'll probably play. Um, and he's been making that fantasy owner very happy, and I think he's living up to the standard. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, Seattle's just really not a good team. There's nothing to do super well outside of DK Metcalf, and Jamal Adams being out for the season to the already bad defense doesn't help. Um, I will say, though, watching Amon Ross St. Brown go against Tariq Woolen, who's having a pretty solid uh, rookie season, is going to be fun to watch. Absolutely. No, that's definitely a, a matchup that is going to be very interesting to watch. Um, Skyler, kick us off Tennessee at Indianapolis. Uh, Tennessee coming off their first win of the season against the Raiders. Indianapolis coming off against their first win of the season against um, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Um, in terms of injuries for uh, Tennessee, big ones that stand out, Amani Hooker, Traylon Burks, Austin Hooper, Kyle Phillips, all questionable. For Indianapolis, uh, Ryan Kelly, Jonathan Taylor, uh, Unique Ngakwe, DeForest Buckner, and uh, Bernard Raymond, all questionable. Um, but from what I've seen, Buckner, Ngakwe, and Taylor uh, are most likely going to play in the game. Uh, for Tennessee, haven't seen any major reports as to who, if anybody's good to go. Uh, but Tennessee at Indianapolis, who you taking? I'm taking Tennessee. Um, and even though looking on paper, uh, Indianapolis's win was more impressive than Tennessee's was. I'm just kind of like on the teams where I don't think that um, Kansas City should have won that game. Uh, hands down, should have won that game. Uh, it was at several different points they should have won that game. Um, but uh, I'm sticking kind of by why last week I'm more confident that Tennessee is able to win the games that they have left on their season than uh, Indianapolis is. Indianapolis, I, I, I'm still not impressed with them. I still don't I still don't know what I'm expe- expecting. Their defense is doing okay. I like what their defense is doing, but their offense I'm I don't trust. I don't trust with Philip, uh, not Philip Rivers, um, Matt Ryan at the helm. I I really don't. Um, a three interception, no touchdown game against Jacksonville is not. It does not come out of my like. That is not a race. That is still there. He played pretty well. Um, got to Jelani Woods, the tight end, the rookie tight end. Yep. Um, played well. Um, but I I honestly have faith in what Tennessee is able to do and what Mike Fable is able to do. He's a consistent head coach. Um, they were able to get that running game. They were able to get the offense humming just a little bit more against uh, uh, the Raiders last week. Um, and I, 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 those dumb mistakes that were made by Kansas city is not something that's going to be replicated by Tennessee. I, I'm going to go with Tennessee. They're not my underdog. They're not your underdog. Um, They're not my, but I reserve the right to change my mind. <laughs> Uh, oh, damn it. The line moved on this. It was two and a half. This was originally going to be my dog. I'm going to take the Colts um, because if Saquon Barkley can run for 168 yards against the Tennessee Titans, Jonathan Taylor should be able to run for 168 yards against the Tennessee Titans. Um, Ryan Tannehill's looked like dog shit through three weeks. He's picked up pretty much where he left off towards the end of last season. Um, 
Derrick Henry is not having the the start to the season that's expected. 54 carries, a buck 92, two touchdowns. Compare that to Jonathan Taylor, 61 carries, 286 yards and a touchdown. Um, and Matt Ryan, first two games, one touchdown, four interceptions. Last week, two touchdowns, no interceptions. They ended up pulling up a win. Um, it, it's really as simple as that for Indianapolis. If they don't turn the ball over, they're going to be fine. Unfortunately, the Titans have not shown a propensity to be able to force turnovers through these first three weeks. I don't think the Titans have the pass rush to get to um, the Colts. I don't think that the Titans' offensive line has the ability to hold up, even you know, even if um, DeForest Buckner and Unique and Gakwe don't play. The Colts still have guys like Quiddy Pay, who's played very well for them. You saw that Alec Pierce came back for the Colts, uh, or you know, made his debut for the Colts last week, and he actually had a, a pretty solid game. Did the rookie? Um, it opened up things for other guys like Jelani Woods. Um, and this is this is big. The Colts need to get back on track. They're one, one, and one. And with this win here, they have the opportunity, given who Jacksonville ends up having to play this week, um, to to take number one in the AFC South, um, despite a tough start to the season. Um, interesting anecdote: the AFC South went three and zero against the AFC West last last week. The AFC West, what we thought was going to be the best division in the AFC, the AFC South beat them in three games, uh, all three matchups. Um, I'm going to take the Colts to win. I think that they're going to ride Jonathan Taylor. I think that Matt Ryan's expectation isn't going to be to whip the ball around. Um, and I think that the, the Colts defense is going to give Ryan Tannehill uh, fits. And on top of that, uh, Colts defense has only given up 77 rushing yards per game. So if they can hold stout against Derrick Henry, they've got a very good chance. However, Derrick Henry has been very good against the Colts recently. I'm still going to take the, the Colts though, to win the game. Uh, Mitch? It's very cringy how similar these teams are. <laughs> um when you look at it matt or matt ryan and ryan tanning hill have almost similar stat lines they both have superstar running backs that the offense relies on both have not as good old lines and the defenses are um okay and they're not living up to expectations um but i, I think it'll be a close game but i will go with indianapolis just because the titans right now three weeks in have the worst rush defense in the league and they're giving up almost six yards a carry. And if you're going to let uh, Jonathan Taylor at, at minimum get six yards a carry, uh, you're in for a long day. It's just taken. Sorry. You're taking the Colts. Yep. Okay. Um, God damn. So Mitch kick us off here as the Chicago Bears, who are surprising 2-1, travel to New York to take on Big Blue and the 2-1 and one Giants. Bears coming off of uh, their win against Houston. Giants coming off of that loss to Dallas. In terms of injuries, David Montgomery, Velas Jones Jr., Ryan Griffith, Roquan Smith, and Jalen Johnson, all questionable for Chicago. Um, however, Roquan Smith and Jalen Johnson were both uh, – sorry, Roquan Smith did practice today limitedly. Jalen Johnson did not. For the Giants – um, Leonard Williams questionable he didn't play against Dallas Sterling Shepard uh, looks like it's a torn ACL his season is done and yep. Jihad Ward uh, also questionable however uh, Ward and sorry Williams did practice limitedly today Jihad Ward did not for the Giants who are you taking uh, fuck I have to pick Chicago um <laughs> Sterling Shepard was Daniel Jones's leading receiver. He's out for the year. So the passing game is basically just Richie James right now. Um, 
and I think Jalen Johnson's able to match up well with a guy like Richie James. Um, it's going to be an interesting running back battle between Saquon, who's having a fantastic year, come back at the players so far against a solid tandem and uh, Herbert and Montgomery, but the Giants aren't as uh, stout in the run game, so I think that gives the advantage um, to them. Okay. I'm going to go with the Giants of looking at what they were able to do. They can consistently make games close. Uh, t- Tennessee, come back, win. Carolina, able to keep it close, win. Dallas kept it close throughout the entire game until Dallas and, uh, stretched out there, there towards the end. They're able to win the game. Chicago does something similar. Um, but in this case, I think Saquon's too good. I do know that Wando Robinson is also questionable. Um, and if he's able to appear, then that gives a, a little bit more of a punch in that passing game for uh the Giants. Saquon Barkley is is doing amazing things in the running game. Um and, and Justin Fields still can't throw the ball. So uh then that makes Chicago extremely one-dimensional. Um so I'm gonna go with the Giants. Yeah, <sighs> This one is tough for me because yeah, the Justin, same team. <laughs> Justin Fields can't throw the fucking football, but Chicago's running the ball really well so far. And the Giants have given up quite a bit of rushing yards. I mean, even against Dallas there, against a Dallas offensive line that's not very good, in all honesty. Um Justin Fields has been sacked 10 times, though. They're averaging less than a hundred passing yards per game. He's got two touchdowns, four picks. Justin Fields is out there doing his best Daniel Jones impression um, these first three weeks here. But Chicago's found a way to win two of those three games. Um, when push has come down to shove, the offense has clicked enough that they've pulled off a win or the defense has gotten a stop when needed um, against teams that are, you know, San Francisco in the pouring rain and a bad Houston team. So take it for what it's worth. Um, this is tough, but I think I'm going to agree with Mitch, and I'm going to take the Chicago Bears to win this game. Uh, these two teams have played each other very close in recent years, um, but I don't think – I think at the end of the day, the – no, because the Bears' defense is just as bad against the run. Oh, no, I'm going to change my pick, and I'm going to go with the Giants um, because while Sterling Shepard is out, Daniel Jones is – uh, there's two players who have mo- uh, more than 10 catches on the year, uh, two other players for the Giants, and that's um, uh, Richie James Jr. and Saquon Barkley. Um, I think Saquon's, Saquon should have a better game. Um, he had a good game against Dallas. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Giants, but this truly is an absolute toss-up for me uh, because I don't think either of these teams deserve to be 3-1 and one after four weeks. Um, so... Uh, Skyler, you'll kick us. No, I'm sorry. I kick us off. Um, Jacksonville at Philadelphia. This is easy. I'm taking Philadelphia. Um, <clears throat> Jacksonville has looked surprisingly well. Their only real injury is Shaquille Griffith, Griffin. Um, for the Eagles, though, Devontae Smith, Landon Dickerson, um, and Darius Slay are all questionable. Um, however, all three of those guys did practice limited uh, today. Uh, sorry, Darius Slay didn't practice, but he's expected to practice limitedly tomorrow. Um this is the best team Jacksonville's played. This is the best defense Jacksonville's played. Um, Jacksonville doesn't have an answer at, at, to Jalen Hurts, let alone to uh, A.J. Brown, who's looked absolutely great. Um, I'm taking Philadelphia to win this game easy. 
Uh, yeah, Philadelphia. It shouldn't be a question, like Brady said. Um, Jalen Hurts is playing very well. The AJ Brown, Devontae Smith are weapons. Um, the defensive line is coming off a nine sack performance. Then Jacksonville's offensive line isn't much uh, better than Washington's, in my opinion. Um, and I just want to give more love to James Bradbury and Darius Slay because they're having a fantastic season. Uh, both of them ha- are allowing a passer rating of 20 or below. So they are probably the best cornerback duo in the league right now. And I just want to give them the their shine because they've uh, you know gone through adversities through their careers. So they're playing fantastic. And uh, I think Jacksonville doesn't really have a chance, especially with the being in Philly. You know what, guys? We said the same thing last week when Jacksonville played uh, Los Angeles. We thought it was dead in the water. We didn't think Jacksonville was going to be able to do anything against this team. And then they put up 38 points and held them only to 10. This Jacksonville defense is playing surprisingly well. Um, been able to do uh, three picks and five sacks against, you know, a very solid offensive uh, offensive line in the Colts. Got five sacks against that team. Um three they're able to force turnovers they're playing great uh great games i because again what how, first what how many um did they force any turbo turnovers or interceptions last week jacksonville against uh the chargers they forced two they had a uh fumble and an interception okay so that's math is correct six interceptions in three games that's averaging two interceptions a game um that's pretty damn good because they picked off once twice and they picked off ryan three times and then they picked off uh herbert once um they're forcing turnovers they're uh, swarming to the ball they're holding teams to uh washington was the one exception that they got a lot of points on them um but jacksonville's playing great uh, uh trevor lawrence is actually throwing touchdowns which is really interesting to see uh christian kirk and zay jones are showing that they can be a one or two option in an offense um zay jones has already had as many touchdowns as he did last season um it's it's they're they're uh james robinson and travis Etienne have been a good one to punch in the backfield there um there's a lot of weapons on this offensive side and the defense is playing surprisingly well i'm gonna pick jacksonville for the upset they're my dog six and a half point dog wow i love it i love it hey hey i just like to point out i i had I'm, i'm going back to what i did my first year which you know, if we had, I well, I would have won if we uh, adhered to the dog rules we have now. Um, but uh, I remember picking Washington a couple times that were just as big a dogs, and they and that worked out for me. So I'm going back. I'm going back All to my right. roots. Well, and Jacksonville had the biggest upset last season, the biggest dog pick when Mitch took him to beat Buffalo. Yeah. Um, so so it's definitely it's definitely in the cards, and it's obviously Doug Peterson's return to Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, which is also huge. Uh, Skyler, kick us off as your two favorite franchises go head to head when the oh New God. York Jets play the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Zach Wilson, um, if everything, per Robert Sala, if everything goes well, he's expected to start and play this game against Pittsburgh. Um, uh, Mika Fitzpatrick's the only Steeler who's hurt. However, uh, he was a full participant Wednesday um, following a concussion. And for uh, the Jets, Quincy Williams, uh, doubtful. John Franklin Myers. Brandon Eccles, questionable, and George Fant, your starting tackle on injured reserve. Uh, so who are you taking, Scott? I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. I like Pittsburgh's defense. 
like enough for I think that they can win this game offensively. It's a struggle kind of with this team. I don't know really what I'm going to expect out of them. I know Najee Harris is going to do okay. I know Mitchell Trubisky is going to do something. Uh, the the Matt Canada is way too conservative as a play caller, and from everything I'm hearing, um, the players agree. Um, Supposedly, Matt Canada doesn't allow Mitchell Trubisky to audible the play, which is fun. That's, that's fair. Well, I mean, it's fair, but it's a little <laughs> dumb. No, I don't think it's fair at all. I mean, he's a starting quarterback. Like, I understand if you don't if, trust your quarterback to audible at the line, then why is he starting? Yeah, the game? I understand if you're like, hey, but it's his fourth we, game into the system. We want to. He's had a full off season though. Like, I understand if if he's and, and also he's, he's been a starting quarterback before. Like, I understand if you're like, okay, we want to limit the audibles, but. Yeah. Your quarterback is going to see things that your your coordinator doesn't. So to just blanketly not allow him to audible is it is Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, let's not act like this is Matt Lafleur not letting Aaron Rodgers or Belichick not letting Tom Brady make audibles. No, completely fair. But again, it's like you, you if you if he's if you're not allowing him to audible, why do you trust? Like then put Mason Rudolph in there, who's been in the system before, and let him play if you don't trust him. Um. Pittsburgh, I, I'm still going to go with Pittsburgh because even with Zach Wilson, I, I starting a quarterback, I, I'm not entirely trusting this team yet. Um, in in order to to win games, they showed great uh an ability to perform under duress against Cleveland and oh, oh, oh win win close games. Um. But you lost to a Cincinnati team that you probably should have been able to be much more competitive against. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have them go. I'm gonna have them going uh, uh, two and uh, one and two against AFC North teams. Uh, I'm taking the Jets. J E T S Jets Jets Jets. Um, because, your dog, motherfucker. No, because um, Pittsburgh's offense is just looked horrible. I mean, the only reason Pittsburgh won against Cincinnati was because their defense forced turnovers. And Alex Highsmith had had three sacks. Alex Highsmith hasn't had a sack since then. Their defense hasn't been able to force turnovers. They were piss poor stopping the run. Um, and and without TJ Watt, I, I just don't really know what this team is going to look like. And the Jets have um, they have pieces that can be successful here. They didn't have a great showing against Cincinnati. They didn't have a great showing against Baltimore. But they looked good. They, you know, they, they pulled off what they needed to pull off against Cleveland on the road. Um, and Zach Wilson, even if he doesn't go or even if he gets hurt, I have a little bit of faith in Joe Flacco, right? He knows how to beat Pittsburgh. He's done it before. I'm going to take the Jets to win the game. My pick and my intro. I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to pick the Jets too. Uh, Are they your the- dog? No. Um, I have a different one. Um, wait, okay, let me see if I can pick who the dog yeah. is for the, for yeah. these for you two. Um, if I can figure out who no, it go is. Go ahead. While he looks at that. But yeah, uh, yeah. I, I'm just saying with a guy like Joe Flacco in this system to put up 901 yards, which is fifth in the league, five touchdowns, which is tied for 11th, and three picks are concerning. But it is Joe Flacco at the end of the day. Um, I think a guy like Zach Wilson who, uh you know, is not one of the premier young guys yet, but I think offers a lot more potential. Um, I think he can, I think he moved the offense, especially with the season that Garrett Wilson is kind of having. 
Um, and the defense is playing pretty well. DJ Reed is playing out of his mind. Uh, he's just locking guys down. Um, and against a Steelers team where, like Brady said, the defense since TJ Watt has gone down has not performed as we expected, even though Alex Highsmith is leading the league in sacks, which we all guessed, of course. Um, the Trubisky so far, you know, there's questions about it. Uh, Najee Harris, you know, only 128 yards, which is a little bit concerning. Offensive line is always an issue. Uh, I think this is definitely a game that the Jets are able to win. Um, so I will, uh, is it my turn to go first? Yes. Yes. That's what I thought. I'll kick us off. Buffalo at Baltimore. This, this was almost my dog and I'm still debating it. Like in my head, if this is my dog, because this is, this is going to be like a, a 45 to 42 football game because both of these defenses have issues, right? Buffalo's defense, though, is far superior, even with their own issues to what Baltimore's doing. However, Lamar Jackson is playing like an MVP caliber player right now. Um, 749 passing yards, 10 touchdowns, two picks. But then on top of that, he's added 243 rushing yards and two touchdowns, which as the guy who picked him as my fantasy quarterback in each of the last two weeks or in, in each of our two seasons or two leagues, um, I'm feeling pretty fucking happy about um josh allen's looked great for buffalo though going through the injury report dane jackson deon dawkins cam lewis gabe davis justin murray all hurt questionable for buffalo um and for the ravens jk dobbins still not 100 percent. michael pierce justin houston patrick mccarry this is so difficult for me but at the end of the day i'm going to take a team that's a little bit more well-rounded i'm not going to take the underdog here i'm going to go with buffalo to win this game um the Ravens secondary has been awful they're giving up 366 passing yards per game as a defense are giving up 471 um, meanwhile the the bills are giving up 240 yards per game the bills are giving up just barely half of as many yards as baltimore is for a bills defense that held miami to 21 points the week after miami came from behind uh against baltimore I, i'm gonna take the bills to win the game I'm going to go with the Ravens, man. Uh, you know, the, I think the Bills have a total of, what, 15 players on the injury report, and a lot of them are have to do with the secondary. And like I said last week, Aaron, uh, Lamar Jackson is playing like Aaron Judge this year. Um, I think he's going to torch this secondary. I mean, we talked about them uh, keeping Tua to 21 points, but, I mean, Lamar Jackson's in a different stratosphere than Tua, in my opinion. Um, so I think he's going to be able to torch that secondary and, uh, and the secondary for the Ravens hasn't played all that great. Mostly Marcus Peters, but Marcus Williams, I think is having a solid season. Marlon Humphrey is playing, I think pretty solid. Um, so I think the defense can do just enough to, uh, slow the Buffalo bills down. I mean, we, every, the bills look so like, looked like they were going to go like perfect just how they're playing and just dominating opponents but Miami kind of has shown everybody how you can beat the Buffalo Bills and I think a guy like John Harbaugh um, will be able to use that to his advantage and it's uh, in Baltimore so I think that gives them a little bit of advantage so I'm going to go with the, the Ravens. Is this your underdog? Nope. Okay. Skyler, who are you taking? Um, I'm also going to take Baltimore. Um, there's a couple of reasons and one of them is someone that is 
you know, very, very surprising for me. And that is Devin Duvernay. Um, right now, he has been playing amazingly for uh, for Baltimore. In uh, three games, like, because again, if, if anybody that listened to our Baltimore uh, season preview, I railed against this team for not having um, wide receiving options outside of basically Mark Andrews. Um, um, you, But you've had Mark Andrews, you've had Rashad Bateman, who are two guys that we were expecting. Devin DuVernay has... Uh, done amazing things he hasn't like yardage he's had like he's an efficient wide receiver he has been targeted eight times he has caught eight catches for 126 yards three touchdowns he is showing himself to be a reliable piece of this offense just about a kick return uh, touchdown I believe. and a kick return touchdown yeah. also Devin, Duver- Devin Duvernay has been doing really, really good things for this team. And I really, really like what he's been able to do working as a gadget player. Um, really, uh, he's averaging 15 yards per catch. Um, like that's really good at what he's doing. Uh, Rashad Bateman has, um, is right behind him. Uh, Mark Andrews by far is the leading receiver. He's got 31 targets, which is twice as much as the next person. Um, twice as many tar- uh, receptions as the next person, three touchdowns. And right now, if you're having, uh, Poyer and Hyde are both injured. Uh, Hyde is out for the season, right? I didn't yeah, get that mixed Hi- up. Micah yeah. Hyde's out. Yeah, Micah Hyde is out for uh, the season, correct? Yeah. Um, who's going to protect over the middle? Uh, right now we've talked about how uh, a weak point of this uh, um, Buffalo's uh, like the middle of the field can be it can be sketchy for this team sometimes. Um, they've been able to get to the quarterback a lot, but that doesn't really matter when your quarterback is Lamar Jackson because he can just be Lamar Jackson. Um, continuously that they've done amazing things. Uh, uh, whether it's running the ball, uh, we're, we're looking at, uh, Lamar Jackson's going at 200 yards. Uh, the only concerning thing I have for Baltimore is that no one really is running the ball besides him. Um, but, uh, they're continuously finding ways to get the ball to different players. You have, um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven different players with targets for and a catch. Um, that's amazing. You're spreading the wealth. You're getting good. Uh, you're you're not being predictable in the passing game. You're not zeroing. Uh, like you have your number one option, but everyone else is getting catches. Isaiah Likely is getting catches. Demarcus Robinson, uh, Dobbins, recall uh, a bunch of different people. I love what they're doing right now. Um, and it's only going to get better. Uh, I I'm going to go Baltimore. All right, um, Mitch, kick us off here. Arizona at Carolina, both teams one and two. Um, Carolina getting their first win against New Orleans. Arizona losing to the Rams um, for uh, Arizona. Greg Dorch, your uh, starting kicker, Matt Prater, um, uh, with a hip injury, he's questionable. J.J. Watt and David Collins, all questionable for Carolina. J.C. Horn, Xavier Woods, LaVisca Chenault, all questionable among some others. Arizona at Carolina, who you taking? Honestly, this game for me is who do I trust more? And I trust the Arizona Cardinals just by a hair. That's really my only reasoning. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I'm gonna go in the other direction. Who do I trust? Who do I uh, trust? Uh, Kyler Murray during the Modern Warfare <laughs> Modern Warfare Two beta, or Baker Mayfield who has a chip on his shoulder. Um, I like what they were able to do um, offensively last week against the New Orleans team that is good defensively, scored 22 points on them, were able to win the game. Um, they continuously were playing well with the Giants in Cleveland, who are both turning into better teams than we were expecting. Um, they they have a positive 
they have a positive plus minus right now at like one um whereas offensively uh the cardinals just aren't it they uh have only scored more they they have only scored more than 28 points once um this is a team we're supposed to be seeing a lot of offensive fireworks for them um and we're not seeing it uh they're greg dorch who is is supposed to be like greg dorch who surprisingly is getting a lot more catches than he probably should is questionable ronnie hudson's questionable jj Watt is questionable zayman collins is questionable um all very important players. You can look at Carolina. They have questionable players too. Um, but I, I have, and what I've seen so far, I mean, Baker, Baker and Kyler are almost one for like Baker has almost identical stats and he's thrown 60 less passes. Um, and they actually do have a balanced rushing attack where you have Christian McCaffrey, who is healthy four weeks into the season, which is surprising. Um, and he's getting carries, he's getting touches. Um, they're actually able to produce, whereas the leading rusher for Arizona only has 90 yards. Um, it's a one dimensional offense. Uh, I'm going to go with Carolina. Uh, I'm going to agree with uh, Mitch and I'm going to take Arizona here um, because you know what? Arizona has struggled. But let's take a look at the opponents, right? Kansas City, Super Bowl contender, uh, the Raiders playoff contender quote-unquote at the end of the season the rams reigning super bowl champion versus carolina who has played the browns the giants and the saints none of those teams have anything that we would say is a top 15 quarterback or a top 15 offensive line or a top 15 defense or i mean even between those three teams we don't, there's not really a top 15 wide receiver uh, on that team either um i'd say that the Col or the saints probably have a top 15 defense but I need, um, I mean, uh, uh, Michael Thomas and uh, you still think uh, Michael Thomas is a top 15 wide receiver when he hasn't, he basically hasn't played in two years when he's healthy. Yeah. Uh, hard disagree. Um, I can think of 15 other wide receivers who are better than Michael Thomas, but that's a podcast for another day. Alan Lazard, Randall uh, Cobb, <laughs> Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, <laughs> Juwan Winfrey. Um, uh, <laughs> I listen, man. When it comes down to it, ultimately, I have such little faith in Baker Mayfield to make the right decision. I still don't think he understands the offense fully. Um, the the Carolina defense has had massive deficiencies given their three opponents um, this season. And at least with the Cardinals, I can sit there and say, okay, one and two between the Chiefs, the Raiders, and the Rams walking into the season. That's that's pretty solid. But this is a Carolina team that you know, thought they got a uh, improved quarterback in Baker Mayfield. Christian McCaffrey is healthy, but even through three weeks, uh, Christian McCaffrey is averaging just barely uh, averaging 81 yards uh, a game. Um, rushing or receiving? Rushing. Or both? Rushing. Um, what, what's from scrimmage? Just want to know. He's got 50 carries, 243 yards, and a touchdown. Those okay, no, and, and receiving. What's the stats? Uh, receiving? Uh, 10 catches for 57 yards. So about 100 yards for a scrimmage. Okay. Uh, yeah, just about. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Arizona to win the game because you know what? Arizona's only gotten to 28 points once so far this season, but at least they've gotten to 28 points. Carolina has not. I'm gonna take uh, Arizona to win. Skyler, kick us off here. New England at Green Bay. Uh, obviously, biggest storyline: the Mac Jones injury. Um, he is uh, out for this game. Um, but for New England, 
Uh, Devon Godchow, Adrian Phillips, Jacoby Myers, Kyle Duggar, all questionable. And for Green Bay, uh, Mercedes Lewis, Jair Alexander, uh, David Bakhtiari, and Elton Jenkins, but both Bach and Jenkins are expected to uh, to play. Uh, New England versus Green Bay, who are you taking? Um, despite the deficiencies at wide receiver, despite Aaron Rodgers playing like trash, um, I'm going to go with uh, Green Bay. Um, and it's ultimately because Mac Jones is injured. That means Brian Hoyer is starting the game, which means I don't trust this offense to not make mistakes. Nelson Aguilar played really well for us last week. Um, I liked what I saw from him. Uh, but again, it's uh, Kendrick Bourne hasn't been able to get into the offense. I don't think that's going to change with Hoyer. And there are defense is going to play relatively well, um, but so is Green Bay's. And so it's really, who do I trust, Brian Hoyer or Aaron Rodgers? I trust Aaron Rodgers. So I hate that I'm about to say this. Go Pack, go. Uh, yeah, I'm taking Green Bay also. Um, uh, at home, it, you get A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones going, and the game's pretty much set at that point. Um, but Green Bay getting healthier at the wide receiver position. Should have Christian Watson expected to go. Um, getting David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins solid on that offensive line for a Patriots team that we already talked about really struggles with pass rush. And given that New England still has deficiencies at the cornerback position, um, I think Green Bay is going to be able to to pull this one off. I'm going to take the Packers. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Green Bay as well. Um, obviously, Mac Jones, uh, if he was playing, I think it would be a closer game. But I don't know how Axel Brian Hoyer is going to be able to do against this defense, especially with it uh, holding Tom Brady, who's considered the best quarterback to ever play, to a touchdown. I think that's a tough ask for him. Um, and even though, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers hasn't had the best of weapons in this year that he's had in years past, um, I still think it, he has enough to get it done. All right. Um, so, Mitch, kick us off here. No, I'm sorry. It's my go, isn't it? It's my go. Yes. Um, Denver at Las Vegas. Uh, the 2-1 Broncos just coming off of their win against San Francisco, taking on the 0-3 Raiders. Um, looking at the injury report uh, for Denver, in terms of starters, relatively healthy. Um, really, Kawan Williams and Melvin Gordon, both questionable. Um, and for the uh, Raiders, Colt Miller, uh, Trayvon Morey, Denzel Perryman, all questionable with a couple of other guys um, as well. Here's my underdog pick, folks. You I'm bastard. Gonna, I'm going to believe in the Las Vegas Ooh, Raiders. You both. Uh, I was, you were both were waiting, and it was just Ooh. like, I was sitting here, I was like, what of y'all going to fuck up? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take the Raiders. Now, listen, Denver's defense is very good. I think that they're going to live uh, in the backfield with Derek Carr, but man, the Raiders got to win a game at some point. So I'm just going to invest in it happening now. Um, if they don't win this game, I think that I'm not picking the Raiders to win another football game this entire season. Um, but what what this is ultimately going to come down to is can Carr just not throw an interception? He's got four picks through three weeks of the season. But Denver's offense has looked awful. I mean, just awful through three weeks. Uh, Russell Wilson hasn't shown an ability to really throw the ball consistently to anybody outside of Cortland Sutton. Um, they Denver has not used Javante Williams as as they should, um, and uh, you know Josh Jacobs is is kind of quietly having a pretty decent season: forty two carries, one hundred ninety two yards. Um, and 
what's scary about the Raiders in my mind, and this is both a good and a bad thing, is that when a team that has Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, and Devontae Adams on roster, that Mac Hollins is your team's leading receiver. Um, I don't know if that means that you're just so good at spreading the wealth or if it means that um, you're so bad at getting the ball to anybody else. I think the weapons are going to come through for uh, Las Vegas, and I'm going to take the Raiders to win as my dog. Uh, Skyler? Oh, uh, I'm picking – I'm also – wait, you skipped Mitch. Okay, then Mitch. You're a red bastard, Charlie Brown. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with the Raiders because these two teams uh, definitely aren't playing to the level that we expected uh, coming to this season. Um, but I think that uh, – the Raiders just have a little bit more talent uh, than Denver at this point. Um, and I trust uh, Derek Carr just a little bit more than uh, Russell Wilson, who, the, when not making serial killer subway commercials, is uh, not cooking as well as we thought he was going to. Um, and Derek Carr has Devontae Adams, so I think that gives him just a little bit of an edge. So I'll go with the Las Vegas. I mean, y'all already talked about it a lot. I'll go with Las Vegas, too. Um they're going to win a game eventually. Denver's struggled offensively um, a lot. Um, but here's to Randy Gregory getting another fucking sack. Woo! <laughs> um, so then, uh, Mitch, kick us off here. Um, Kansas City at Tampa Bay. Now, given the hurricane, there's a good chance that this game doesn't actually get played in Tampa Bay, in which case it would get played in Minnesota since the Vikings are off on vacation in London. Um <laughs> But uh, uh, way to put it. <laughs> yeah, right. injury wise, uh, Mecole Hardman, Ronald Jones, Marquez Valdez, Cantley, Harrison Buck are all questionable for Kansas City and for Tampa Bay. You get Mike Evans back after the one game suspension. Um, Julio Jones did practice, but Russell Gage, Rashard Perriman, and Akeem Hicks all questionable. Um, Akeem Hicks did not participate, does not look like he's going to play. Uh, line is Kansas City by one, um, in this game. Uh, so who are you taking, Mitch? Yeah, I'll go with Kansas City. Um, I just still think with the injuries that Tampa Bay is dealing with, uh, it gives them the the Chiefs' favor. Um, and I just think that the Chiefs uh, have a better offense than the Packers did um, do with, uh, you know, Travis Kelsey being himself. Uh, they seemingly have figured out the run game, um, and the wide receivers are kind of stepping up. So I'll go with uh, Kansas City. I'm also going to go with Kansas City. The the I talked about this just a little bit at the beginning of the season, but when you got rid of Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller, um, Scotty Miller's still there. Sorry, uh, when you got rid of Tyler Johnson and and was there another wide receiver that they got rid of? I'm just forgetting. Um, uh, no, just Tyler Johnson. Just Tyler Johnson, but like, point is still able to be made that you're that wide receiver depth is going to hurt you because you, your three starting wide receivers are all injury from Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Julio Jones. Um, and they all, all injury prone. And here we are week four into the season. Who would have fucking guessed? Um, Kansas city is going to be able to bounce back. Their defense is going to get, is, is playing. Okay. I'm not going to say good. They're playing. Okay. Um, there's still things I'm not liking about, what they're doing um and the uh frank clark though is playing better which is good to see for kansas city 
Uh, but offensively, um, Juju Smith Schuster is being playing relatively well. McCar- uh, Nicole Hardman is uh doing good. Uh, he's consistently being like it's good to see that he still has some of that chemistry with um Mahomes and Travis Kelsey is Travis fucking Kelsey. So Kansas City. Oh man, I could have had back to back dogs. I'm taking Tampa Bay to win the game. They are um, they are back to back dogs. I yeah, but I can only count one as my actual underdog. I know. Um Mike Evans back, I think is huge. Um you know two years ago these two teams met in the Super Bowl. Uh Patrick Mahomes got sacked three times. There's no Tyree kill on this game. Uh the wide receiver room for Kansas City is still worse than it was in that game. And Patrick Mahomes had Shaquille Barrett. Um, and uh, the Tampa Bay pass rush living in his backfield the entire game. Um, Tampa Bay, despite their injuries defensively, is still a very, very good football team. Um, and offensively, they're going to have the opportunity to run the football here um, against Kansas City. Now, Kansas City's been very good against the rush, but Kansas City, there, there were weaknesses that were shown against the Colts last week. There were weaknesses that were shown against Los Angeles the week before that. Um, I, I think Tampa Bay is going to be able to feast on that. I think that Todd Bowles is going to take advantage of the fact that Kansas City is dealing with some injuries. Um, and, and I'm going to take Tampa Bay to win the football game. Um, I don't see him losing back-to-back games here right now. Uh, so uh, we will finish it off here. Skyler, um, right? It's your turn to go first, I think. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, Rams at 49ers uh, on the Monday night football game. Uh, Rams are... Uh, injury-wise, Brian Allen, Jordan Fuller uh, injured, got a couple of corners uh, in Kendrick, Durant, and Long all injured. And for the uh, uh, for the 49ers, uh, uh, Trent Williams out, Aziz Al-Shire out, Eric Armstead questionable, um, Daniel Brunskill questionable. Uh, who are you taking? Los Angeles. I mean, if you're starting – if your best offensive lineman's out and you're going up against Aaron fucking Donald in this defense, um, you're going to lose. I'm sorry. And you only manage 11 points against Denver or, or 10 points against Denver. You're not going to score much more against Los Angeles at this point. Um, I think defensively, San Francisco will keep it a close game because um, they will. They're they're better than we want to give them credit for defensively every single time. She's typically in that secondary. Um, but uh, – it's 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 Los Angeles is to lose so Los Angeles. Yeah, I gotta agree. I'm going with Los Angeles. Um, it, it's I, I, again, I'm I guess more panicked about the San Francisco than maybe my co-host here. Um, but I don't think San Francisco stands a chance at this game. I'm taking Los Angeles. Uh, Mitch. Um, yeah, I agree with you guys. Uh, I'll go with the Rams as well. Uh, basically, everything that Skyler said. Um, the only thing that I will add is, uh, you know, Matthew Stafford does have five picks. Jimmy G in his first start did throw a pick. And uh, I just think between the two of them, I think that Los Angeles uh, will make Jimmy G pay more for his mistakes than the 49ers will make Matthew Stafford pay for his. Okay, before we leave, I do need to ask Mitch, do you want to choose either – yeah, so Mitchell uh, have to choose an underdog. So do you want to pick either uh Chicago, Atlanta? No, sh- Chicago you can't pick as a dog because the Giants are by three. Yep. So Atlanta, Baltimore. Yeah, Atlanta or Baltimore. 
I think, is the only ones you can pick. Let's see. Or oh oh or the Jets. Nope, Let's you can't see. pick the Jets. Oh, you can't pick the Jets because the Pitts Pittsburgh's favored by three. Buffalo's favored by three, so I can't pick them. No, you can pick but because it's in Baltimore. So Buffalo, Buffalo's a road. Oh team, so yeah, that's right. Ball, yeah, I'll Baltimore. I'll roll with Baltimore as my underdog. Why not? Okay. And then Brady, uh, Mitch, who did you pick? Dallas, Washington. Uh, I picked the Cowboys. Okay, that's why I thought. Just wanted to make sure. Alrighty, well, that's our episode, everybody. We appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll be back to uh, preview or to review week four of the NFL season and take a look at week five on a uh, future episode here as well. And we'll be playoffs this, uh, right around the corner. NBA season starts in about a month now. Um, so we're, we're super excited to bring all that to you. Thanks for listening. Follow us on uh, Twitter and Spotify. Email us your guys' thoughts, fourthstringsp at gmail.com, F-O-U-R-T-H, string, sp at gmail.com, and have a fantastic night.